to the last three rows of horror podcast. Mike here with Morocco the Mole. <laughs> that's new. That's different. Hold and on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that, who, is that a Hanna-Barbera character? <laughs> Morocco Mole. Morocco Mole. Morocco. I thought you said like Barack. No, Morocco Mole. Morocco Mole. And Dick White Tip at yeah. your service. He's back. The tr- He's back for part three. This is <laughs> Snuff Films Part Three, A Detective's Poor. That's P-O-U-R. Yeah, that's what you need to get some through some of these movies today is a big old glass of whiskey, this, bourbon. Th- these this might be like the grossest, sickest, most depravest films depravest? Depraved films that we're ever gonna talk about. So uh hope you got your barf bags ready because it's gonna get gory and gross and disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> Even for Morocco Mole. Mariah. More yeah. Hanna Barbera characters. Yeah. So. Yeah. Did you did you like the little hat, Mike? Who's who? Who's the the pink dog or the orange dog that would laugh? He'd be like, Oh, Mutley. <laughs> Mutley. Yeah, like that's Mutley. what the kids call me. They say I laugh like that. But uh, but actually, Morocco Mole was the partner of Secret Squirrel. Oh, love okay. Morocco Mole. He was great. He used to talk like this. Hey, Secret. You know, he was kind. Of, you look at him. I mean, he he, he looks like a prevert. Look at. Him. <laughs> He's got one of those. Uh, what are those hats called? What are the hats called, Sammy? <laughs> Oh, man, like a fez type a thing? Fez, I don't know. Is yeah. that what it's it is? It's a fez. It's yeah, right. a fez. Yeah. And his little, like, uh, smoking jacket. Like, it looks like Hugh Hefner. He's probably smoking some hash if Mole. he's Moroccan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. So, I don't know. We don't have any uh, official sponsors on the show or ads. I just thought a couple things helped me get through the week. Gatorade. <laughs> okay. Glacier Cherry Zero. That's my favorite right Yum. there. Also, I've been a little bit sick lately. Exetamethyphen. Yeah. How is that? Brought to you by Exetamethyphen. It's really your mom. I fucking the bomb and send the bill out to Tom, huh? What? <laughs> the chemical. Also, the rock band Haim. Oh, Haim. Haim, yeah. Dude, did you see Licorice Pizza? I did not yet. I've, oh. I've been meaning to get to it, yeah. Alana Haim. She made, well, I'll tell you, she's got a nice body. Her face, it's cute. It'll grow on you, but that has a good movie. I'll tell you what, though, after watching all these, uh, they came out with like a, they released a, like a single last week and I listened to it. I was like, that was fucking awesome. And I was I'm like, rock. and then I started listening to them between all of these snuff films. They're kind of like, <laughs> so high em for me this week was kind of like three angels on an island in an ocean of blood and guts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Gotta have some kind of saving grace. Hell yeah. So check out high em. High em. A lot of high em. And licorice pizza, Mike yeah. says, is good. I did, yeah, it's very good. It's the new, uh, what's that guy's name? Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or what, Wes Anderson. What was it about, Mike? What was it about? Uh, it takes place in the seventies, and it's just like a like a love story, but it's kind of weird and quirky. Uh, same guy did Boogie Nights. Okay, okay. Um, so there, it's yeah. He does like all their music videos too. Like, oh, it's does some he? Cool music videos, yeah. So these these three girls are a real man. They're no? sisters. They're oh, all really. Yeah, they're the Himes. Okay, but I mean, are they a real band though? Yeah, 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 the okay. band Heim. It's a, it's a rock it. band, kind of indie rock. Yeah, indie rock. They do pop songs, all kinds okay. of stuff. All yeah. right. But uh, Alana Heim, she's the star of Licorice Pizza. Mm. But she's cute. The one that looks like a better looking Blossom? Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. Do they all make an appearance in it they do. eventually? They do. Yeah, they're all in it, but she's the star. Yeah. My brother told me to check that out. He said it was good. They got yeah. nice legs. Shout out to Lou. Yeah. Lou. <laughs> Thanks, Lou. So let's jump right into it. We got Henry, portrait yeah, of a serial dude, killer. Right love here. it. Filmed in <laughs> Chicago, I think in 1986, but did not come out until like 1990. 
if I'm correct. Yeah, it was a couple of years, I think. Um, um, also, uh, John McLaughlin, who directed this, is a Chicago dude. Yeah, good director. Is this the guy from... Uh, um, Michael Rooker. Yeah, Michael Rooker from... Oh, yeah. uh, um, Walking Dead. Walking Dead, yeah. Oh, yeah. The brother with a uh, uh, knife in his hand because he got his hand cut off. Meryl. Yeah. I'm trying to think, what's Merle. his name in Guardians is of the Galaxy? It's great. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Yandu. Yandu. <laughs> Yandu. I don't remember Yandu. him in that. Yandu. He had yeah. a blue. He was blue and he had a mohawk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. that's why. And he, he had the why. arrow okay. that he could whistle and it would shoot you. Yeah. He yeah. had an arrow date if you whistle. Yeah. He was, he was always threatening to uh, to eat a <laughs> what's his name? The raccoon. Rocket. Yeah. Or a Squirrel. Whatever that one was, guys. Henry is based on the real John McNaughton. Henry is based on the real uh, serial killer um, Henry Lee Lucas and his partner Otis Tool. Otis Tool, in case you don't know, was uh, accused of uh, the uh, Adam Walsh case. He's the one who kidnapped Adam Walsh and killed him. But uh, we'll get into that with Henry, right? That was from America. Did you say that? America's Most Wanted? Yeah, so John, John yeah, Walsh, so, yeah. America's Most Wanted. His son, Adam, was kidnapped. Yeah. When you see Code Adam stickers on doors at, like, stores, that's what they're talking about. Yeah. Code Adam. But, uh, yeah, so this was a disturbing movie when it came out. It's not It's uh, not a slasher. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's about the real-life Henry Lee Lucas, who claimed to yeah. have killed over 100 people. It's kind of just a disturbing movie, yeah. Never Big seen time. it. Never oh, seen it. Never, never heard of it. it. There's a there's a scene in there. I what I like to call the the home invasion scene. Oh, Br- brutal. I mean, yeah. just sick. Yeah. So this is uh like we said, John McNaughton's directorial debut. It's a film that follows the murderous Henry, played by Michael Rooker, as he travels west, leaving a trail of bodies behind him. Yep. So um, right here, like the the four murder scenes that we see in the few first few minutes of the film were all based on real life murders which the real life Henry Lee Lucas claimed to have committed uh, especially the first shot where the body of the nude woman was posed in the exact same position as the victim in the case involving Lucas these are all fucked up scenes here yep. there's another one where like the uh, couple in a grocery store were shot and killed another with a hooker she has a bottle like smashed through her face Oh yeah, he, he may have killed people like in every single state because he just kept traveling. Yeah, that's what they said. But, I mean, he also admitted to a lot of murders that he, d- he obviously didn't yeah, do. Right. <laughs> he's full of shit. So, um, on one hand, he's courteous with what seems a strong moral code. But on the other, he thinks nothing of cruising for a potential victim, snapping a neck or two uh, throughout the film. Any sound of a neck breaking, by the way, is really a styrofoam cup just being crushed <laughs> near the mic. They use the same exact thing for every single one of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, once he gets to Chicago, he introduces his slow-witted buddy and roommate, Otis Tool. Mm-hmm. Tom played, Towels. Yeah, Tom Towels to oh, the yeah. ways of the serial killer. When he takes him out for a good time with two hookers, Henry then snaps the necks of the two hookers and leaves them for dead in an alley as Otis looks on in bewilderment. Oh, yeah. I've met Tom Towels uh, at a uh, Fangoria convention, and just for a brief moment, we were talking about Blood In, Blood Out. Night of the Living Dead from 1990. Like he's uh-huh. been in some great stuff. Yeah, and I think he's a, isn't he a, like a comedic actor too, or before he, he, this? Um, not that I know of. I only know of him being on like Seinfeld once. All right, uh, but uh, in more later years, because he's he's passed on now. He was in um, House of a Thousand Corpses. He was the sheriff that got uh, oh, shot yeah. by Karen Black. I didn't, yeah, I didn't put that together. Yeah, that was him. Um, but yeah. Uh, he was in, I think, yeah, John McNaughton did direct this movie, Mad Dog and Glory, with uh, Bill De Murray and De Niro, yeah. made in Chicago. 
Tom is in that, and uh, he, he he plays a great bad guy. But the one movie I've never seen him in that looks real interesting is called The Borrower, and where I think he's almost like possessed by like an alien or something. And that sounds good. That looks kind of like a comedy horror film, but I've never seen it. I think it's kind of hard to find. But uh, if you know of it, hit us up on the email. What's the email, Sam? Last three rows podcast at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, um, after Otis uh, destroys his old TV out of frustration, Henry takes him to the fence to buy a new one. Um, the rude man sarcastically ridicules them for having little money and berates them for refusing to buy his top shelf black market goods. This guy uh, in here, I wanted to listen to this just because he has the stereotypical Chicago accent going oh, yeah. on here. Yeah, half of a grand is $500. That's a little more than we were planning to spend. I think we should just take the TV. Okay, which one do you want? That's $500. Yeah. He sounds like some guys we know. You guys come in here. I show you this. I show you that. You creeps got a lousy $50 to spend. You should have stopped me a long time ago. Take the $50 set and get the hell out. I'm a busy man. Well, we were really counting on a color set. Right before this, by the way, this guy said, I don't do possession movies. The black and white $50. Take it or leave it. Sorry we wasted your time. Come on, Otis. Don't give me story, you dumbass. Yeah, so at this part, um, having found an excuse to indulge his murderous impulses, Henry stabs the fence repeatedly with a soldering iron nearby. Uh, when the man fights back, Otis grabs an electrical cord and chokes him. Henry then smashes his TV onto his head. And at Henry's urging, Otis plugs the, in the damaged TV, electrocuting the dude. That looks like a soldering gun. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, all right. Yeah, soldering iron. Okay. Yeah, so then they, uh, they steal a high-end TV and camcorder and return home undetected. <laughs> Plug it in. Plug I kept that in, in there because I know you would love that. <laughs> you never seen this, Sam? I never seen. This oh one. man, this is a classic. <laughs> uh, the comedian Tom Segura had a funny bit too, where he talks about uh, when Henry snaps the girl's neck in the uh, when they're with the hookers, yeah. and he's like, just the look on Tom Tool's face is like, <gasps> what did you just do? Yeah, right. Well, they they make they, in the movie they make it like. Uh, Henry turned Otis into like a killer, like introduced him to killing. But in real life, Otis and Henry were killing people since they were probably like teenagers yeah. or something. And lots you know? of people say that they might have been like hooking up with each other. Yes, too. Yeah. yeah, that is a theory that they were lovers. Yeah. <laughs> is it wrong that I want to hit somebody with a TV set? <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. We all sometimes want to do it. Would you plug it into? <laughs> right. <laughs> Does it make a difference if it's a black or white or a color TV, Mikey? Yeah, because if it was if it was black, I don't know. <laughs> like I have an answer to that. I don't fucking know. So uh, after Henry and Otis get their hands on the camcorder, which they promptly put into use, uh, we cut to the point of view of the camcorder and and uh, in the front room of a house someplace. Otis is then seen struggling with a screaming woman, while on the floor lies a bound and gagged man. Dude, it's bad. Yeah, Henry's foot swings into the shot and kicks the man. Otis laughs his dumb laugh. Um, a door opens and a teenage boy appears, and the camera goes down to the floor. And from a half-cock angle where everything is happening, uh, on its side, Henry runs into the shot, grabs the boy, and breaks his neck. Yeah. I get the styrofoam cup sound again. Oh, God. Um, Otis laughs again and calls for Henry to watch as he twists the woman's neck and breaks it. We get that styrofoam cup. Same exact sound again. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what, you, what you didn't mention in here is that, you know, Otis is holding the woman, and after he fucking, like, rips her sweater off, 
And, you know, her tits are exposed. And, I mean, it's a brutal scene. It's hard to watch. Yeah, he's, like, waving her arm, arms around for the camera after yeah. she's dead. Yeah. Oh, God. He starts, uh, it's weird, though. He starts, like, removing her pantyhose. And Henry's like, that's it. We're done. You've yeah. gone too far. <laughs> but the sick part is that they're, yeah. in, like, the next scene, they're on the couch watching it over and over and over again. Yeah. In yeah. slow motion. Yeah, he keeps rewinding it. Yeah, it's a little weird. They're uh, content to just sit there half bored, bewildered in front of their own image. Like I said, Otis explains he's rewinding the videotape to watch it again, and not even Henry can figure it out. He's like, why do you want to watch this over and over again? Yeah. <laughs> See, this, this is what I was telling you yeah. guys about the pervert-looking dudes. The, the, the guy on the, on the left here with Tom the gap between, his tooth, with gap between his teeth, man, that's per- perversion written all over him. Look at him. <laughs> uh, you know what I think is perverted about Henry is he's wearing uh, white socks with dress shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the thing he is, Michael Jackson? You know there's a sequel? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I haven't seen it. Is it any good? Saw it once. It's not as good as the first one, but I think uh, Dark Sky Films, who owns... See, there's a whole history with Dark Sky Films and uh, uh, Mustafa Akkad, who, pr- who produced uh, Halloween. He owned a company, I think, called MPI Home Video, and they're in Orland Park. Oh, I've heard of that before. Right? So MPI owns Dark Sky Films, and this was, I think, one of the first films that they made and uh they produced it they produced and i think yeah they produced and they you know put the fun put the funding in to to make this one they put the fun in funding right (laughs) so um at the end of this scene um modest asks um henry like what's gonna happen when they find them bodies (laughs) henry's just says nothing but uh, of course, we know in real life, um, like we said, uh, an opening blurb, by the way, states uh, that Henry, a portrait of a serial killer, is a work of fiction. Uh, but nonetheless, it is does have its similarities with the real life Henry Lee Lucas and his associate, Otis Tool, by the way. Uh, they were both in, uh, sentenced to life imprisonment for murder and both died in prison from natural causes. Uh, McNaughton, John McNaughton, by the way, has since uh, admitted that Lucas was his inspiration. Uh, and the film has always been perceived as one based upon Lucas, if not necessarily his real life, than the popular conception of Henry Lee Lucas as a drifter and prolific killer who eluded detection for many years. Uh, Lucas confessed to 360 murders, uh, the number going as high as 3,000 at some point. In his own words, he's the, he said he's the the world's most worst mass murderer. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> this dude is dumb looking, by the oh, way. Yeah. Oh, look at the hair. Real life a, one. A What's with that mustache? Eye. What's with that mustache? Poorly educated. <laughs> yeah, like he's just trash. Anyway, there's a band from Chicago called Macabre, and they make murder metal. Every song is about a serial killer, and it's kind of like sick in a way because it almost sounds like a nursery rhyme the way they put it together. But it's like, you know, death metal. So they have a song called Serial Killer based upon Henry. Check that one out. What's the name of that one? Play it up behind us. Yeah, it's off. I think it's just a single, Serial Killer, by Macabre. Murder metal. Yeah. They got a whole album called Dahmer about you know who. Um, John Wayne Gacy? Yeah. Well, no, they have... (laughs) They have songs of Gacy, too. Bundy, it's all about. And Bundy. <laughs> so, um, by the way, the real-life artist, he's uh, one ugly mother. Now, that's a gap, too. too. Yeah. Now, see, I told you. I told, and look at the haircut. They always have, like, a balding kind of hillbilly from, boy looking. Correct me left. if I'm wrong, but I think they were from uh, Louis, um, uh, yeah, Louisiana. Yeah, see? Hillbilly. Yeah. Yeah, Nolens. <laughs> Violence. Uh, so, before he, uh, after he died, he was convicted of Adam Walsh's murder. So, he was already dead in prison. 
How did they uh, piece that together? Uh, from DNA or something? Possibly. I, I mean, mean just, that was late 80s, right? Early 90s that that happened? It happened in the early 80s, but it was only like just a few years ago, 2000-something, when they figured out it was it was Otis Tool. I, I guarantee this guy raped his sister or his cousin. Well, yeah, if you watch the movie, he does try to rape his oh, sister. Oh, Yeah. Actually, like, just like in the film, uh, Lucas was acquainted with his uh, with fellow Convisatus Tool. Um, additionally, Lucas became the lover of Tool's 11-year-old niece, Frida Powell, <laughs> yep, who lived with Lucas well, and Tool for a while. They're um, not related. I didn't even read yeah. that. Often, um, they went under the pseudonym of she went under the pseudonym of Becky. Although in the film, Becky is Otis's sister rather right. than his niece, right. and uh, he's considerably older than Powell was. But at the same time, in the film, uh, Lucas ultimately killed Becky. Yep. So that's a little bit of a crossover, like in the movie there. But furthermore, uh, the fictional Henry, the real Henry's mother, also worked as a prostitute in her house, often forcing him to watch while he had sex or while they she had sex, um, occasionally making him wear a dress. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the real Henry's father also lost both of his legs in an accident, prior to which he had been a truck driver, just like the fictional character. <laughs> yeah, no, this this guy was sexually abused. As yeah, a, as no, a but kid. did they have to put a dress on the poor guy? She I, did. I forget. He had like a really super lazy eye on his left side. No, it's I, a glass I forget, eye. I've seen yeah, it. I've I forget seen what it, happened. Yeah. Like, if it was at birth or if something happened to I him. I think it was a maybe a fight. It's a glass eye. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. yeah, but it's one thing that you're. You know, mo- that looks like one of those eyes that drips white stuff. You oh, know what I'm saying? Gross. Yeah, but yeah, but dudes, <laughs> your mom's a prostitute. Then she makes you watch. Then she puts a little dress on you. Oh yeah. Oh my god, dudes. Sick. And by the way, don't forget my daddy. He ain't got no legs. <laughs> he ain't got no legs. Daddy got no legs. <laughs> So, uh, however, the actions of the fictional, uh, the actions of the fictional Henry are inspired by not Lucas's real crimes, but his fabricated ones. Um, in prison, Lucas confessed, like we said, uh, 300 to 3,000 murders, claiming he committed roughly one murder a week from uh, 1975 to 1983. And ultimately, however, the vast majority of these claims turned out to be false, while many of the rest could not be substantiated. Lucas was simply confessing to every unsolved murder brought before him. Because doing so ensured better conditions for him in prison, and law enforcement officers uh, would offer him incentives to confess. Such confessions also increased his fame with the public. Um, there's a good documentary on Netflix, Netflix. about him, The Confession yep. Killer. Oh, yeah. It seemed like you give this dude some strawberry ice cream, and yeah. he would just confess to a murder. You give, you give him a milkshake, and he would he would tell you anything. And the police were like kind of going along with it, too, because it seemed like they were clearing murder after murder after murder. Mm. It was... Yeah. It's a strange story here. Yeah. He's a strange guy. <laughs> yeah, another strange aspect of this um is uh I mean not really strange but when he uh George W Bush like committed commuted his uh sentence to life in prison. He was about to be sentenced to death, but mm-hmm. strange. I don't know why George Bush would do that. <laughs> I'm wondering where the little dress yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> so Henry, the portrait of a serial killer, was slapped with the dreaded X rating by the Motion Picture Association of America, the MPAA, um, in Britain. Um, also, by the way, it was uh, after much deliberation by the BBFC, it was passed with 18 with cuts for theatrical release in 1991 with further cuts in 1993 for release on video. Yeah, I have the unrated director's cut at home. Or I did. <sighs> what did I do with it? I think I sold it. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that director's cut is pretty brutal. I think I, that's the one I have um, on Plex, I think. It might be the director's cut. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a portrait of a serial killer. I like the tagline for that, too. He's not Freddy. He's not Jason. He's real. Damn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rooker at his finest. 
And they said, by the way, he stayed in. He was like method for this, so he stayed in character like the entire time they shot it. I bet. I also read a story like his wife said uh, she was pregnant, but she didn't want to tell him because he was (laughs) he might react weird. So um, fake snuff films or pseudo-snuff films are films that hold the illusion of snuff. Uh, These are films that are advertised and sold on the idea of murder as sexual impulse for the viewer. Um, With the viewer buying into that idea, he or she might find the notion of real abuse and real murder totally abhorrent. But fake snuff is something else. It's pretend, and it's uh, dark sexual territory, but it's also safe. The films that qualify as pseudo-snuff aren't necessarily feature films whose plot might involve a snuff theme such as 8mm or Vacancy. Instead, these are uh, vignettes closer to the aesthetic of the pornographic loop in that they are shot and the short and the focus almost exclusively on the act, which in this case is murder. Uh, but beyond it, there isn't much of a plot, if any plot at all, and this is something of the point when it comes to these films. Kind of like... um. Uh, former Marines and serial killers Leonard Lake and Charles Ng spent months yeah. building a torture bunker in the woods of Northern California in order to attempt to create the perfect sex slave filming their quote-unquote experiments. Um, a group of amateur filmmakers recreated their tapes entitled The Miranda Project, Lost Tapes of Wesleyville Murders, spanning the 1983 to 1984 killing spree that shocked the nation. Yeah, I've heard of these guys, <clears throat> Charles Ng and... Uh... Leonard Lake, yep. Yeah. Uh, last podcast on the left does a great series on these guys. It's uh, yeah, they, Check that out. They cover a ton of yeah. serial killers, but they like to, they're like they silly like us. <laughs> yeah. They like I to mean, laugh. The thing about it, uh, they keep doing uh, like uh, Charles Ng's voice, and he's like, you don't know what I bring to the fresh hip. Because <laughs> I guess like he was always getting beat up by Leonard Lake. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Wait, you know what, you dudes? How the fuck do you come up with how to build a torture bunker? I mean, uh, no, seriously. I mean, uh, is there blueprints? Is is there copies made of this? It's all in their mind. What the fuck? Yeah. I mean, what did they, did they have special walls that open and stuff? I mean, yeah, I haven't seen the uh, the Miranda Project, but I've seen like some of their their they've released like clips of their yeah. real life videos, they're, and they're, they're fucked up. Tying a woman up or taping her, she's asking, you know, why are why are you guys doing this? And the response was like, well. Because we can, or something they, like they kill the whole family, including a baby. Yeah. Holy, it was crap. sick. Up. Yeah, really but did you ever sick. notice that the people that that these guys, these kind of guys, uh, mutilate, rape, and do whatever, they're always dirty. Why are they always dirty? Well, they're I don't know. Sick, they're covered in blood. People. No, <laughs> I mean that's dirt. You know. Well, they got a torture bunker. It's in, <laughs> it's, <Yeah. laughs> I assume you I can't the like. Maid is off. Yeah, you can't like really get contractors and like pouring cement and shit yeah. and trucks out there in your murder bunker. Now, now if there were moles like Morocco mole, they would have been able to get out of that shit. Morocco to the rescue. Yeah, that's right. It, and I'd be wearing my little fez. <laughs> <laughs> What's the sound that murder mm. Morocco makes? Murder Morocco. <laughs> yeah, he would make this. <laughs> <laughs> Do that, and then the, okay. the northern yak in the southern region. Yeah. <laughs> That's the northern yak in the su- southern uh, spots. Wow. So imagine uh, walking down the street and finding an unmarked VHS tape uh, with curiosity peaked. You take it home and pop it in, and what starts off as two young men screwing around with a video camera quickly transforms into an ultra-realistic torture sequence where the unidentified psychopaths tape their exploits as they torment and violate a woman tied to a chair. Uh, 
the sodomy of your morals continues as throughout <laughs> the entirety of the footage, while subtly revealing the killer's shattered past via the interaction with their victims and each other, uh, the most shockingly realistic portrait of a serial killer's existence is Fred Vogel's August Underground. These are the did, most disgusting did someone, ones. Did someone say yeah. sodomy? Yeah, lots of it. <laughs> I, I see. I re- oh, boy. I'm not going to go there. Have, have you seen any of these movies, Sal? No, but I, I, I as soon as <sighs> I seen sodomy, I, I, but I was that guy. But I was that My guy. interest is peaked. Yeah, <laughs> but I was that guy that marked my, my porn Sal's uh, favorite karate movies, so my because I knew my wife didn't like karate, so I knew for sure she would never look at it. So I put like uh, one hand one hand karate samurai guy on my porn. He <laughs> didn't do like a uh, a Paul Rudd boner jams. Oh three jams, yeah. It's a collection of my favorite series over the uh, over the summer of 03. Oh, and this one's everyone loves Raymond. He's like that. That probably shouldn't be in there. That's just a good show. I just tape it sometimes. <laughs> Let me tell you, the, the uh, this one's called School of Cock. It stars yeah, yeah. Jack Blackcock. <laughs> so, uh, the August Underground trilogy from Toe Tag Pictures mm-hmm. is uh, it's kind of hard to find. I mean, unless you just buy the movies off of uh, Fred's website there, or if you see him at a convention, he's most likely selling uh, you know everything he's made. But uh, I, I think I told the story on the last episode how I first was introduced to. Uh, August Underground. It was at a uh, convention and they were playing it. But uh, I went on to see, like, I bought like this guy's entire catalog. A- anytime I saw him at a convention, I'd be like, you got a new movie? Okay. Just, you know, I've never seen something that shocking and like sick and crazy and depraved. Like, that part of me that needed like, you know, that kind of fuel, fucking Toe Tech Pictures could do it for me. We need to see if they're coming out with like an August, maybe a September underground. You could be killed in it. <laughs> I'll be in part four. Yeah. Yeah. We get Mike tied to a chair. <laughs> no, I guess this guy, he went to uh, Tom Savini school in Pittsburgh and learned how to do makeup and special effects. And uh, then he became a, a filmmaker. Who was, who was yeah. that guy in the shirt? Though? That's him, I think. I think that's him. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> So, yeah, like Mike said, in 2001, uh, Fred Vogel was a special effects artist in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and teaching sculpture in school. He had a passion for horror movies and with aspirations to direct something of his own, far removed from the schlock independent horrors being turned out at the time. Um, An elaborate zombie movie was clearly out of the question, but a movie about a serial killer informed by the low-budget aesthetic of Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer and Man Bites Dog seemed perfectly achievable. Uh, He set to work with writing a story with Alan Peters, whose love was for art house, and managed to find unexpected inspiration at school, saying that he researched everything he could find on the subject of serial killers. And while he was teaching, some of his students would write to real serial killers hoping for some kind of a response... Uh, Vogel didn't really know how to feel about that, but he knew it wasn't cool to look at these guys as heroes. So he <laughs> made <not>. so he <laughs> made five movies about being a serial yeah, killer. <laughs> right. So another inspiration was 2020, notably an episode where kids would videotape themselves shooting paintballs at people and vandalizing, breaking into homes. Uh, Vogel recalls that it was some scary shit and began to think to himself how he could use all this to make something new. So he went into the project hoping to make the most disturbing movie he possibly could. And August Underground, August, by the way, being the month in which it was shot, is not your typical serial killer movie. No, it's like found footage. Yeah, basically. It's it's shaky camera. Yeah, it kind of looks like what the police would be watching when they're watching a serial killer's films. You know, the best example, uh, Blair Witch shaky camera, found footage. That's what uh, August, the (laughs) August Underground films are. Yeah, basically. Is, is is that a dog I hear? Yeah. I think it is, yeah. 
It's your no. It's Morocco the mole. Oh, hello. <laughs> do, do do the sound again. <laughs> that is what it sounded like. <laughs> Uh, so while Underground proved to be a double-edged sword for Vogel, uh, he lost his teaching job because of it. But uh, once its notoriety spread following an article in Rue Morgue magazine, um, article 158 it was, or I'm sorry, uh, magazine one, number 158, uh, notoriety spread and he embarked on a career defined by his sick little movie. Uh, saying that he wanted to show all the stuff that mainstream move films never show you, the real disturbing shit that was made to look authentic, like watching an actual snuff film. So, mm-hmm. issue 158, this movie, Cub. Mm-hmm. You guys seen that one? I no. think I have, yeah. Oh, it's wrong. It's all kinds of wrong. I mean, it's fucked up. You, 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 know, what, you know what, Sammy, now that Mikey brought that up, you know what I was watching today? And, and I, I knew it was probably one of the most disturbing, uh, clean, well-made movies I've ever seen was Seven. Oh yeah, you know, did, 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 you, it's you, a great did, What's in the box? What? what yeah, what's a what a <laughs> Morgan Freeman uh, dude? Was he fucking awesome? And and, and, and and when they showed, well, Kevin Spacey, you know, he's you know he's a real weird dude, you know, whatever. But when they showed the scene of the guy, uh, the addict, the addict, addict, uh, add, ict, mm-hmm. uh, that scared the shit out of me. Even though I'd seen the movie a hundred times when he was still alive, yeah. And he and 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 the the worst part was, and I didn't, you know, because I'm not a really good listener. Obviously, you know that. Uh, when the doctor said, uh, when um, uh, Morgan Freeman had said, "Hey, is there anything we can get out of this guy?" and they said, "No," because his head is mush now, and he's so bad that even if you took a picture of him, he'd probably die immediately. Yeah. But when they actually showed the guy in the room and Brad Pitt um, uh, had went up close to him and 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 he was still alive. Dude, that disturbed the shit. What great makeup yeah. that was of that guy in I the think bed like that. Seven <clears throat> and like Silence of the Lambs are probably my two favorite thrillers of mm-hmm. all time. Mm-hmm. In Seven, I think the most disgusting one was uh, Glutton. Yes. Gluttony when they yeah. made the guy, when the guy eat, eat himself eat to death yeah. and his stomach exploded. Yeah. So gross. yeah, but why did they have to call him a fat boy? Yeah, well, I guess that's the end of the fat boy. <laughs> <laughs> Gluttony. Yeah. After he's dead, they don't even respect <laughs> Gluttony. <laughs> So uh, after introducing his desensitized cameraman friend to a scene of numbing terror and a helpless young woman tied to a chair in his filthy basement, a depraved serial killer starts committing acts of sadistic torture, taking great pleasure in hurting her. Uh, Then when the nightmare is finally over, the depraved duo embarks on a killing spree in the streets of Pennsylvania and New Jersey, abusing, beating, dismembering, and killing all those unfortunate enough to cross paths with them. Of course, the uh, camera captures everything on tape. So Wakas Underground is framed entirely within the shaky handheld parameters of a cheap off-the-shelf camera. Neither the subject, a serial killer, nor the cameraman are formally identified. Uh, they're played by Fred Vogel and Alan Peters under assumed names. And the latter is also unseen, but his presence is felt and heard, offering opinion and director throughout. So the nucleus of the film takes place in the killer's basement, into which a succession of victims, male and female, are confined to be humiliated, tortured, killed, and dismembered. Um, outside of this, the couple travel around creating havoc while having themselves a good time. There's a couple scenes where, like, they well, they do in the gas station, they rob somebody, yeah. kill a couple people, and abduct a guy. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. They also, uh, like, get a, <laughs> a, yeah, a hitchhiker on the side of the road. And, yes. Yeah. Why do, why do the weirdos like the basement? You know, it, it, whenever I watch, I swear to God, uh, eight out of eight and a half, maybe nine and a half out of ten movies I watch, something's going wrong in the basement. 
you know, with uh, the with the thirty watt bulb on the string. Uh, yeah, there's a, always a, and a there's cellar, always got to be like water on the floor, dude. A cellar, a basement that? is usually concrete, and that probably makes them think like a dungeon. I know, but it, it but you know what? They, they when I see movies like that, that kind of thrills me a little bit because it's like, oh, this man, is the they're... filthiest basement in yeah. history of you know, horror. Oh, and like yeah. I said, it's covered you, in shit. Yeah, and you, blood you and always blood. see you always see the cobwebs. You always see the, the thirty watt bulb on the on the string that usually flicks on and off. And you know, because I know a lot about weird basements, but uh, yeah, that, that throws me. The for basement some from Psycho. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a mother down there. Yeah, dead. the doors are all old and creaky. Norman, <laughs> hello. <laughs> yeah, so August Underground is not a work that can or necessarily should be liked, um, other than people like Mike over here. I watch it alone in the corner, in the dark. But uh, it is a deliberately antagonistic film that portrays a seriously unhinged partnership. It's a look, uh, an attitude is that of a sort of a non-anonymous video clip posted online wherein bored young men do stupid and objectifiable things, often fortified with alcohol. Uh, the first image is August Underground is a bottle of uh, a beer bottle being discarded and broken. And 30 seconds later, we are introduced to a kidnapped victim in the basement, um, tied up and covered in her own excrement and bloodied from having her nipples sliced off. And the tone is set for the whole movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah, this is cited by uh, filmmakers as one of the most disturbing films of all time. Yeah. Uh, few people are likely to come to August Underground thinking that it's anything other than a work of fiction. Um, no one is actually killed in it, nevertheless. Then the, the vital imagery and situations nudge the viewer uncomfortably close to the real. Um, there's little, by the way, of acting among the cast of no. Utter Nobodies. <laughs> and uh, for the most part, they're not called to do anything but be themselves, behaving as they well might in front of a camera, awkward and self-conscious. It is so, very bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I used to have uh, little film fests parties at my old condo. Oh, boy. And uh, I put on uh, To Mortem uh, for a like, group of maybe 15 people. Most people couldn't like stay within the last within the first like 20 minutes i think everybody just got up and left there was only two people that stayed throughout the entirety of the film and that was uh my uh, just yeah, a friend and i think his cousin stayed but uh everybody it just everybody got grossed out can, can i ask you a question mike <laughs> yes sir was one of them wearing a leather jacket no <laughs> no but you you like your snake in a leather jacket right yeah, that's what i mean <laughs> Like no, I was wearing a cape. We need to, you know what? We need to start writing these things down and then defining what the fuck is Cell talking about. You know? That way you could put you could put it on the screen, and then we could read it off. Like as like you know, as people are listening to us talk, like what does what is he actually talking about? You know, the midgets, the mongoloids, with the snake and a leather jacket. You know what? You know what, dudes? The three eyed monkey. Yeah, yeah. My my three eyed monkey. I was gonna I wasn't gonna bring him up in this episode. But I'm gonna bring. I mean, him up I mean you ask me when you say three-eyed monkey, yeah. I automatically think you're talking about your dick. No. Okay. Well, yeah. I see, thought, I got it wrong. I, I thought does, the snake does, in a leather jacket was a dick with a condom. How, how on. Does, how, wait a minute. I gotta, how <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Dick, we got to write this down. How does a dick have three eyes? And you need. To, it's you we're talking about here. Oh, so I mean, okay. we need we need you to explain all these you know quotes and sayings and phrases. Well, the three-eyed monkey is a real uh, a real monkey. I'd like to have with three eyes. And believe it or not, it's funny we're talking about this. I named him finally. Take a guess what his name is, Sammy C. Toro. Nope. nope. Trio? Nope. His name is Cleon. <laughs> Cleon, the true-eyed monkey. It's perfect. I named, I named him the other day. I thought to myself, 
okay, you know, I, I know Sammy likes busting my balls about the drag monkey. Are you I, seeing I, these things for real? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. And I thought he... I imagine it's like a... a, a he dropped who, it in a who, who, oh, who killed Roger no, Rabbit no. situation I, where Salacy and real cartoons yeah, are I was, eat, I, was eat, I was eating my pretzels. I was eating my pretzels. And I was watching I was watching uh, Tubi. And I thought, you know what? My triad monkey needs a name. And I thought of Cleon right away. Don't ask me why. His, his name's Cleon. It's a good name. Yeah, triad monkey. <laughs> Right. We're going to help you out here, folks, and we're going to write this down so that way you know what Sal's talking about mm-hmm. when he says these things. So, mm-hmm. It should be out in his... Uh, he got a graphic uh, novel coming out soon? Yeah. All right. Yeah. What's the name of that? It's going to be right after I do my uh, Charlie Brown uh, Underground movie. All right. Yeah. You know, the one I'm going to drop in... Uh... Charlie Brown, it's going to be like an August Underground yeah. with Charlie Brown? <laughs> Char- Charlie's a murderer and a rapist and a, and wait, a Satanist, right? Wait, you see when he does the Roosevelt? <laughs> Him, him and Pigpen just making stuff. You don't know who Roosevelt is? Who's Roosevelt? You really don't know who Roosevelt is. From Charlie Brown? Yeah. From the Peanuts gang? Yeah. He he was the only black kid. Oh, his name's Roosevelt. Yeah, his name's okay. Roosevelt. Yeah. Yeah. He's, All right. He, you know you, you know what his first line is gonna be? What with Charlie Brown? Uh. What you up to over there, player? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ooh. It's not your average kind of peanuts film, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from the mind of cell. No, but no shit. My trap monkey, his name's Cleon. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry, folks. Like I said, information is coming your way <laughs> explaining all these things that Cell is saying. So hang in there with us because we're learning we're learning too as we go along. Either that or I could just edit out the last seven minutes. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Come on. No, we're it's staying in. If it's clean, it stays in. <laughs> Not unlike our last episode, where even oh, the PC boy. correcting voice uh, got a little corrupt there at the end there. I, just, that was, I don't know what that was about. You broke was... the computer cell. No, come on. You broke it. Yeah, it kept... audience loves it. <laughs> yeah, Cleon. Cleon. All right. I, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have Cleon. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a poster of Cleon, and and uh, Morocco Mole, and Rawhead Rex all in the same poster. Sweet. Yeah. Three new mascots for the show. That's right. Now, now, what sound does? Cleon make. I gotta think about that. Let me let me <laughs> You're a three eyed monkey? You gotta think about a sound that a three eyed monkey would make? Yeah, I gotta I gotta I gotta think about that. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Used dudes do not wanna know what he does with a banana. Let me guess, he doesn't insert it in his mouth. It goes up the old, not not the front mouth, <laughs> the old poop chute. All That's right. a poison banana, <laughs> and he's got some talent because it's an unpeeled banana. Does he peel it with his ass? No, dude. No. <laughs> he's picking his nose. Yikes! He's picking his nose as he's peeling the banana, and there's another female monkey around. I don't want to go there. Okay, right. <laughs> wait, wait for the novel. <laughs> All right, so convincing makeup and uh, special effects are not beyond the reach of any filmmaker with a small budget. Uh, not that many would care to show a woman shit herself in fear. Yikes. But uh, August Underground looks every inch to cost nothing to produce, and the idea that its budget could stretch to even a six-pack of beer seems totally absurd. Um, only during the filmmaker's, uh, I'm the director's commentary track on the 2004 DVD, um, a special effects snuff edition, uh, no less, uh, do we discover just how clever the filmmakers have been. Everything in this movie is special effects, basically. Are you going to get into uh, what happened to him in Canada? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's uh, <laughs> just in a second here. Yeah, this is um, you could buy like a prop of this movie, by the way, with the uh, the serial, the hammer. This dude loves uh, using hammers to kill people in this movie. <laughs> so we kind of see that in the the final scene. Uh, they hire two prostitutes for a drug fueled orgy. Uh, Peter sodomizes one prostitute while caving in the back of her head with a hammer, and the remaining uh, prostitute tries to escape. In the chaotic chaos uh, chase that ensues, uh, the accomplice drops the camera, and the film ends here. So. You haven't seen this before? Uh, is this That's the August Underground? Up. Yeah. Uh, I I seen it, but I. That's about that's a, probably the most fucked up scene in the first one. He kind of caves in the back of her head and leaves the hammer in there. Yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So he's 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 putting his he's putting the finger in the dike, and then he's hammering the shit out of her. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie to you, but that's all right. Oh my god. <laughs> That was pretty funny. <laughs> you would say different after you actually watched the film from start to finish. Oh, you know what? I did yeah. watch it. I did watch it. But I got to tell you guys, I, it did nothing for me. It did not. I, yeah, I, I, not I, I know. They're not, they're, these I, aren't I, scary. No, they're not scary. And, and that's just it. it. You know, if they, if they had if they had some intention of, of being a, a, a different, I'm sorry, a um, any kind of uh, horror film, you know, and a sick part, then then I'd want. You know, like Human Centipede. That was one of my greatest movies I ever watched. That's a, it's sicker uh, than that. Yeah, it's way sicker. It's, it's, it is way sicker than that. But but there's no there's no you know there's no real objective to it. There's there's no there's no point. It's just natural violence. Yeah. You know, which 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 I love point. in my movies, but I, I you know like 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 with this stuff, it, it's you know it do, it doesn't do anything for me. Gore for the sake of gore. Yeah. Yeah, as uh, Mike was mentioning before, too, uh, while traveling to Canada to attend a film festival in Toronto, uh, Fred Vogel was arrested pending charges of transporting obscene materials into Canada when copies of August Underground and its sequel were found by customs officials among the merchandise he had intended to bring to a convention. Uh, the charges were eventually dropped, and after Vogel spent roughly 10 hours in customs prison. Yep. I was going to say, because even in um, even in 8mm, uh, obviously they had to have the Underground uh Places you know for the for the kitty por- for the they what do they call it? chicken chicken porn, you know you know what that is right Mikey? Chicken porn? Yeah, that that's with all little kids that no. they call it chicken porn. Disgusting. And uh and and and, and you know I, I know for a fact that when I used to go to that uh, that 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 uh, video place on um it was off of First Avenue and Forty Seventh that uh, you know through the beaded curtains. Oh, there's that adult bookstore. Yeah, adult bookstore. Yeah, there was a couple of people I talked to there, and they were saying a lot of guys were duping that stuff and getting in a lot of trouble, man. As rightly they should. Getting in a lot of trouble selling that shit. That store's still there, isn't it? No. No, On 47th Street? Yeah, it's gone. It's gone. But, but, you know, like I said, I mean, man, you don't understand the the, the, um, ramifications. ramifications. Of having something like I, I know I know I was in a bar once and I was talking to this one guy and he brought up the snuff films. Man, I got away from that dude as fast as I could because he was serious as hell that he had them and, and I'm like, dude, I'm out of here. Gross. You know? I don't want to watch any real. Stuff. I, I don't want to. I don't want to even. I don't. You know. I, I I told I told a family member about it and they didn't want to even. As soon as I said something, I don't want to hear about it. And I'm like, no, I'm just trying to make a point. You know that they're they're. You know, like Mikey said, you could walk into a place you never know. Normal looking person. Hey man, I got these. Right oh, dude, I'm out of here. You know, I almost wanted to beat the shit out of them. Brutal. Yeah, you have to be kind of, you know, conscious of who you have a conversation with about these things. Yeah. 
That's why we do a podcast, That's putting right, it out yeah. to everybody. Because <laughs> where's the sick fucks that have no problem talking about it? Yeah, just like um, Toe Tag Pictures. So in 2002, uh, Vogel established Toe Tag Pictures with an old college friend and special effects artist, uh, Jeremiah Cruz. Uh, Vogel defines Toe Tag Pictures as being a group of like-minded individuals, which is a fairly accurate summation, given the intensity that each person brings to the table. There's a sense that um, these scenes have arbitrary edits and uh, low definition. Uh, the viewer is witnessing uh, personalities and genuine meltdown, which brings us again to the blurring of the boundaries between fact and fiction. So, uh, Toe Tag may be approaching a uh, film production on a communal level as the primal screamers of a toxic generation, but theirs is the culture shock when shock has been rendered impotent. So, basically, things are just progressing, getting crazier and crazier. As oh, I yeah. said, like, you know, we started off with Alan Shackleton's snuff in the beginning, that was, and these are much, much worse. Oh, by far. Because mm-hmm. it looks real. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I trained Cleon to um, watch the movies before me, and when when I go in there, and, and if he's shitting his diaper, then I know it's worse. <laughs> yeah, that's a true story. Well, if he's wearing a diaper, how does he get the banana up there? I can't tell you. That's a secret okay. between me and Cleon. Uh, I don't know how you go up. Yeah. What are you guys laughing? This is a true story, my monkey man, the triad monkey. Poor Cleon. I'll put in some monkey sounds for you in here. <laughs> So um, one of the first Toe Tag projects was a music video for Necrophasia, a band that was uh, familiar with August Underground and wanted a sick video in the same vein. Uh, This also spawned a a full-length feature called August Underground's Mortem in 2003, which inspired creative differences and uh, changing the Toe Tag picture's personnel. I think the the singer of Necrophasia is in uh, August Underground Mortem. Yeah, he's is he the guy that cuts open the woman and fucks her stomach? Uh, maybe. I think the crazy yeah. like serial killer that comes in at the he's end. Got, he's got like a stage name too. That's kind of crazy. Um, I forget the name. Phil Fuckter. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? Now that Sammy brought that up, when I see when I was watching it and that scene came up, and I'm like, oh, this is the one Sammy C was telling me about, and I I, I was watching it. You know, I got pissed off. Oh, I mean, I, it's, I, it's I did. I, I got pissed yeah. off, dude. I was like. Okay, I, you know, and I fast forward it and blah blah blah. But he kills and rapes a child in the middle oh, of the yeah, movie. Yeah, oh. yeah. I mean, I, I, as, as sick and mo- and depraved as you can get, this movie's got it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and like I said, I I, I couldn't, man. I I got pissed off and and and. This know. is one of the nastiest movies yeah. I think I've ever seen before. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so obsessed uh, with inflicting pain on others while recording everything on tape, the brutal serial killer Peter Mountain uh, makes friends with the sadomasochistic girl named Krusty and her mentally challenged <laughs> brother Maggot. Uh, and after the events of August Underground 2001, this time the diabolical trio was hell-bent on broadening their horizons, experimenting with self-mutilation, decaying corpses, evisceration, and of course, rape. Uh, yeah. Then another... Uh, uh, Yet another psychopath enters the picture, eager to hang out with them, and depravity reaches new heights. That's uh, yeah, it might be the singer of uh, Necrophasia. Yeah, I forget mm. his name. So- was, was August Underground the one where the guy was all passed out from doing hair on? Yes. Okay, mm. and then and then was it a girl that was trying to wake him up and was pissed off because? I, I think she wanted more violence or something. What what, what was the yeah. deal with that? Is that is that is that what happened? Yeah, that sounds like mortem. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that was. That, oh man. Yeah, because I think this was the one I had on Plex, right? That's the one you watched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, this is this one. Point I'm trying to make is, you young people out there, don't if you're beating the shit out of somebody, don't do hair on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you can murder, but don't do hair on. <laughs> so in uh, Mortem and Penance, uh, which is the third movie, the killer has a girlfriend who also shares in the bloodlust. A third party comes and goes over the course of these films. Uh, supposedly the girl's incestuous brother, uh, Maggot, like we said, with this uh, individual central to Mortem, but absence from peasant uh, Penance. Even after the, even by the low standards of the company he keeps, this dude is one degenerate freak. He fucks the corpse of a child in a bathtub at one point, howling with demented glee as his sister records the whole thing on film. Gross. On, on a, the number of levels on which this sequence is pretty wrong, enough to warrant a chapter in itself. Uh, but Mortem is pitched like this throughout, uh, uh, basically a methamphetamine rush that opens with screams and continues almost unabated until the end of the screen of an empty static uh, unceremoniously calls as a halt on everything. So it's a overloaded ride and a wholly exhausting one because of it. The impact of some uh, shock scenes is negated by their own stalwart longevity. Uh, but that might just be the point. This seems to yeah. go on and on most, and on. I think most movie. people can't sit through the entirety of of the film or the the whole trilogy. Like it's it's hard. It's a hard. It's a hard watch. Yeah, I had to break these up yeah. <laughs> watching them over the week just yeah, to recall you, some of them. Yeah, but you know what though, Mike? You know, I've seen so many films, even from early early eighties. There was this movie called The Exterminator. Oh yeah, and uh, that's where the uh, the Chicken Hawk was really uh, were really uh, really really big. They call them Chicken Hawks, which they uh, stole little boys and used them for porn. And it's really weird because it it all came in together with me when I when I thought about the last time you said, you know, uh, these weirdos could be your neighbors. They could be blah. Well, anyway, um, there was this guy at this Chicken Hawk place, and he wanted a he wanted the Exterminator, who he didn't know was Exterminator at the time, to go get a prostitute. And a little boy, and he said, "If can I use my toy?" And the guy that owned the chicken hawk place said, uh, "Yeah, go ahead and go get it." And it was a soldering iron. Oh, so he was he was using that on her as he was, you know, raping his little boy. And I'm thinking, <laughs> God damn! I mean, you know, somebody, some of the movie, like I said, Seven, same thing. You yeah. know, they, uh, you know, he made that guy made that make that leather uh, dildo thing that was was huge. Remember that? that he made him make that big thing. And he made it shovel him up. I'd have to show. watch it again, dude. It was like a, a manual. That yeah. fucking dildo. I mean, no, no. You see, you remember that? that? You remember what, what, what he made? On. That leather thing. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it, you know, as Mikey's talking, Sammy's reading on. Man, the more and more, you know, that we're talking about these movies, the more and more I'm realizing, man, that stuff like that was in this movie. Stuff like that was that movie. In this movie, dudes. Well, there's mm. you know, obviously, there's different kind of. Horror movie fans, yeah, a huge level of, of violence and depravity kind of does it for certain fans and uh, does not for others. Some but, people want to be like me. I like to be scared. I like yeah. the ghost type of shit. That's yeah. the kind of horror movies I like. Yeah, right. I can exactly. I can watch something like this and I don't know if I, being entertained is the word I would use, but just like hey, I, I just want to be the one guy that say, yeah, oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, but the point. <laughs> trying to make sam did you hear what he just said that's what I, I i like my horror movies those movies i mentioned those aren't horror movies those are thrillers eight millimeter seven yeah the exterminator yeah. man i can go on and on and and and, and some of the movies we watch it's like holy shit i was watching this movie with my wife i was watching this movie with my wife one day this was this was a couple of months ago and um and it was a, it was a movie about a guy uh who had a son and and uh, it was Andy Garcia and um, Uma Thurman was in it, and he and his son was all depressed all the time, depressed all the time. He was like fifteen, sixteen years old. It was and, a new movie? No, it was uh, it was probably either late late nineties uh, or very early two thousands. Because because uh, Uma and uh, 
and and Andy Garcia were pretty young, so I, I, probably early two thousands. Well, anyway, um, he wouldn't never say, you know, he's he's like, why why is he always upset? Why is he always he was he he was he wasn't gothic, but he was very dark, you know. I mean, I know gothic that that's what that mean basically is is you know your your dark, uh, uh, whatever, you know, uh, outlook or whatever. But anyway, it it it, it finally came out that um, uh, Andy Garcia's. I th- it was I, it was either his brother or a cousin or something like that had been raping him his whole life. Oh jeez! And and they found out the last. Anyway, point being, dude, our this genre, this 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 sadistic shit, this this uh, uh, snuff film stuff has gotten its way and wiggled its way in the in the films of thrillers and and dramas. Uh, it's not even so much as our horror anymore, man. It's more it's more aimed at them. Yeah. And well, a lot they, of people don't even realize people how, how that are not, is. you know, into horror movies. They think it's all just one thing. Like it's just supposed to scare you. Like boo. Yeah. No, there's so many different types and subgenres upon subgenres yeah. of of horror. So yeah. And and you said it the best, Mike. Uh, there, uh, when you told me when we were talking about eight millimeter that there's real monsters out there. Of course. And that's are. what they are. Is these these. Uh, these uh, sick, perverted uh, ways in the world and human beings. Yeah. Remember what uh, Joaquin Phoenix says in eight millimeter. By the way, is like, don't go by the guys looking at the feet stuff. <laughs> Stay away from those guys. <laughs> good, good, good advice. <laughs> so uh, the blurring of the boundaries between fact and fiction happens a lot in Mortem, which includes images of self help, uh, self harm throughout. Uh, Vogel from confirms that the self-harm of actress girlfriend Christy Wiles in uh, Mortem is real, saying that he thinks uh, filming this movie helped her get those demons out. And um, by the way, she uh, corroborates the statement, saying that she can't even watch Mortem anymore. So she was like really cutting herself in this movie. Yeah, I think, I think they were <laughs> like, seriously. Yeah, for real. I think they were married for a while, maybe. Were they? But they were something like that. Okay, that kind of that kind of scares me. I, I couldn't find a lot of like uh, trivia on this, like the making of this movie. But one thing I did see on IMDb is uh, the only it's the only fact on tri- <laughs> on IMDb is it says it's Snoop Dogg's least favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's kind of random. It's like nah, dog. I ain't did either you two guys see? I, I have to rewatch it. Um, did you did you any used two guys see? They had made. I don't remember the date, but it's the original girl from um, uh, um, uh, "I Spit on Your Grave." Camille Keaton. Yeah. Did Ooh. you Did you see the latest one? It's It's spit, I Spit on Your Grave." De- deja vu. You maybe I've, I've seen a, a few of those it's, sequels. It's, yeah. it's, have you seen it, Sammy? I think yeah. It, they made like yeah two or three of the new ones, didn't they? The, the, this is after the the. Well, you know what? It might have been. It might have been before the Maybe three two. new ones, but 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 anyway, it's called uh, uh, "I Spit on Your Grave." Deja vu, and what what is going on is uh, her daughter is involved now, hmm. and you know it, it. You know, like Mikey said, it's the original um, rape uh, revenge, rape, 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 rape revenge, and and it's the original woman that played in "I Spit on Your Grave." But now there's another film out there. They, sh- um, they should have done the titles like "I Spit in Your Grave," <laughs> and then and then the sequel is "I Spit on Your Grave." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but now there's one, and I and I was watching a little bit of it, and I just couldn't, I just couldn't, I, I don't know if I was tired or whatever. Now there's another one that it's called "I Spit in Your Grave," um, uh, making the movie or something like that. It, it has all the original people on it in it, wow. and it and uh, the filmmaker who was the, who was the filmmaker, Mike? Uh, the first one, yeah, uh, the original. His name was like Zier Markey. Right. Well, his son, his son. 
played in the movie. He was like the little boy playing at the gas station <laughs> before she pulled in there. Oh, oh no, it's called Growing Up. It's it's I spit in on your grave growing up. That's what it's called. Did you see it, Sammy? I I, I want to say that was on Tubi. And I'm watch and I'm watching this, and it's like, yeah, that that's me right there. I was I'm the director's son or whoever or the creator. I don't know. He 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 played the little boy playing uh, at the gas station, you know, before they pulled in, and blah blah blah. And then um, supposedly the director or the screenwriter or screenplay, I, I can't remember who it is. I, I know it's the main guy that that, that made the movie. Uh, I I I don't know if he was serious or not, but. He got a, a lot of his ideas because I thought he went fishing with a friend and it was in like a swampy area and he seen a girl come out naked screaming. Oh. Now, I don't know if oh. that was uh, a scene that he 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 thought of when he seen this and it really happened or or he just did it, you know, and said, "Hey man, come out of this uh, out of that out of that, you know, over there and and scream and, you know, so we can see what it's like." I don't know, but it seemed pretty real, but you guys might want to check that out. It's called uh it's called uh, I saw so, growing up uh, I put on your is grave. Is this a documentary? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, it's a strict strictly documentary documentary uh uh film. But uh the Deja Vu one, you said you haven't seen it, Mikey? No. Okay. It, it was it was it was all I'm, those ones the rape scenes go on for a long time yeah. in those movies. Oh, yeah. It's very yeah. uncomfortable. I, yeah. I, I I met Camille Keaton at Flashback oh, did you? one year and she had on like the wall behind her the bikini that she wore in the film. Oh really? Yeah, it was the one from this from you know. The Did movie. you know that the uh, the original poster for I Spit yeah, on Your Grave that? that's yeah. Demi Moore yeah, on there? Told, what, I did yeah. hear that. Yeah, you she told, was. Uh, I remember. Yeah. I could remember the actress, but you, I remember you saying that there was somebody yeah. famous that did that. I did hear about that. Yeah. But what? Because when did that come? Is that come, did that come out seventy eight? Mikey, I think uh, so. Seventy seven, seventy eight, seventy seven, seventy eight. Yeah. yeah. But but yeah, watch the watch the documentary on that. I don't know if it's any good, but. You know, I couldn't. I, I, I check out documentaries on yeah. all these types of stuff. Yeah, Shelby Lynn. That's that's his wife or ex-wife. Shelby Lynn Vogel. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, the third film in the August Underground trilogy, Penance, uh, returns uh, some light and shade uh, to the mix. Tender moments include uh, riding quad bikes together and firing off a shotgun. Uh, these are intercut with our killer couple strangling a child and Vogel yelling, "I want to see the life go." That's a fucked up scene too when they invade the <laughs> family's house. Yeah. It's on Christmas, right? I think yeah, it is. Yeah. So uh, bonded by their sick love and for perversion and brutal depravity, the uh, psychopaths from hell, Peter and his equally vile girlfriend, Krusty, are on the hunt for prey. That's what I, want. I don't want my girlfriend to be named Krusty. Ugh. That sounds uh, gross. She probably smells. Yeah. Well, she's got something <laughs> going on down there. Yeah. yeah. So they're still on the hunt for prey after the shocking events of August Underground's mortem in 2013. Um, and, uh, I'm sorry, 2003. And as always, uh, slaughter, rape, dismemberment, evisceration, and sexual Assault around the menu with a touch of murderous jealousy and Yuletide atrocities. That's uh, when they invade the, the couple's house. Yeah. So for penance, we learned through DVD extras that work was undertaken over several days without a uh, break or sleep. It's no surprise then that the last stretch involving the killer and his girlfriend is akin to a Burton and Taylor um, and a more perverted Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf <laughs> draining bodies instead of booze. <laughs> So um, at the end of Penance, uh, Vogel pans the camera across two more victims lying dead in his crusty basement, and we get one of the most atrocious sequences of the entire series. A uh, fetus still attached to his mother by its umbilical cord is sneaking out through a gaping wound, uh, stomach wound after being cut out of its mother. Here you go, Sal. I just put this. This is uh, this is it's good special effects, but it's fucking it is. disgusting. I, I re I remember. Yeah, it's pretty gross. <laughs> And he's just yelling the whole time. 
Oh, see, look at the baby. That's yeah, it's nasty. absolutely brutal. Nasty. <sighs> yeah, I mean, like I said, it's very good special effects. Yeah. It definitely it, looks pretty fucking real, but... Yeah. Is it me or does that little fetus look like a shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make me hungry, I'll tell you that much. I'll tell you, you know, you know what's nice, though? What I, what I needed after... <laughs> You know what's real nice though that I needed after this? Uh, how about this for you guys? <laughs> Yay! Hi, I'm a little high up. I am. <laughs> get a high up break. That's cute. <laughs> there you go. How do you like that? Uh, uh, all of our audience. A little sweetness. I bet she wants that baby back. <laughs> I just want to slap all three of them. <laughs> you don't like it? No. I didn't swing on jump on them. <laughs> You know what this reminds me of? Uh, someday somebody's gonna goodbye. That shit. What's that shit called? I don't know. Hold on, Wilson Phillips. That's why I say, you know what I'm doing? The one sister kind of looks like Wilson Phillips a little bit. She actually looks like Brady from the Brady Bunch. You know what I have plan do? I swear to God, I, if I seen that, if I heard that fucking stupid music playing, and I seen these street dumbasses walking down the street, I'd have Cleon going to the back and shit on all their heads. I would, I would take off his diaper, I would throw it at him, and they'd go, hey, you're disgusting, you big fat guy. And then, Cleon, go get him. They're the boy. Oh, see? Motherfuckers. I'd rather watch that than August Underground. <laughs> So what do you guys let anything else on penance? Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, one more thing. You they're know, hard Mikey, to watch. Mikey, you know what? Clean me. We have a little. I'll tell you what. A lot, a lot of these movies we're going to cover today. They're hard to watch, but it's if you have them in your collection, you got some bragging rights. And that's mm. why I used to own them because I like I used to love showing off my DVD collection. And be like, yep, I got that one in my collection. I but see where you're going with that. I see where you're going at. I, I, a lot of these, like, I think as people caught on, like, what the movies really were, I was like, I'm kind of embarrassed to own this, so I need to get rid of it. <laughs> at, at first, I was... I was... After, after your first party cleared out. <laughs> yeah. After, no, after I put on fucking Cannibal Holocaust at Exit, and everybody, like, half the bar got up. It's like, I probably shouldn't own this anymore, and I... Yeah, but it. yeah, but it didn't it really at first to know you had it because I'm telling you when I told you guys a couple podcasts ago when all them people I knew and most of them were women wanted to see Human Centipede, it, it was like it was like damn I'm the king of fucking sickness. <laughs> did, did you get rid of them yet? What? The August oh. Undergrounds, yeah, I sold them. Oh man, I was just gonna say you should have given them like Goodwill or put them <laughs> in those uh, like all around my neighborhood here. They've no. got like little uh, like little houses on the corner where you could put books, like so other people yes. can come up and read them. Oh, I'd put it in there. Yeah, I'd get arrested. Actually, I should I, I should have donated them to like a Catholic church. Great school. That's so bad. Hey, what you watching there, Father? Get out of here. Yeah, right. <laughs> You should have you should have put it in uh, like a change swapped out the cases like put it in Big Mama's house or something and Big Mama's someone pops that in they're like what the fuck is this oh my god oh my god oh lord <laughs> could you see the priest and he's blessed everybody and uh, one more thing before the, before the, before we're over here and leave the mass with the smart ass that put that porn in my <laughs> have you seen Murder Collection by the way that's another yeah. toe tag I, I, own, I used to own everything that this guy put out but yeah. I haven't seen his latest one from twenty. 16 i think it's called the final interview still haven't seen it how did, how did you okay. get hooked on to that mikey this guy yeah, no on the whole murder mutilation snuff shit how did you how did what what great what what was the first thing that grabbed you about that something had you're talking about the you. genre or, yeah or the this? genre okay yeah. uh like the real brutal stuff yeah probably just going to 
maybe like conventions, but like to me, growing up as a kid, the most brutal horror movie of all time. I mean, it was just like everybody, everyone's go-to answer was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. And after I seen it, I was like, okay, this is crazy, but there's got to be something worse than this. That's more hardcore. Yeah. And of course there is, and you know, there was, and going to conventions, you just meet people and you, you talk and it's like, well, you know, how, how hardcore do you want to get? Cause if, if you really like the sick shit, yeah. this is what I recommend. So of course you, you look at recommendations and then yeah. your, uh, well, what you view just kind of builds from there. And, uh, have I seen anything more rough than the August Underground films? I don't know. That might be it for me. Mm. Like, that's the sickest shit I've seen. No, you need to see. Um... It's maybe also just like a progression like porn. Like, you know, like when you're a little yeah. kid, you're like, yeah. bust a nut to the side of some titties. And then you're <laughs> like, after a while, you need some some foot stuff. Yeah, foot stuff. <laughs> see, you haven't watched My Granny Does a Threesome. You watch stuff like that, and that's pretty bad. Don't need to see that. I don't think. Oh, dude, I see. Remember, I told you about that that video place, and and I want you to be the curtain. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 you guys think I'm kidding? I'm not kidding. It was it was uh, uh, tree grannies. What was it? Tree grannies and and in the first threesome and there was a guy there was this young guy like a muscle guy and he had chains on his hand and there was this this old granny looking lady on a bed you know spread wide open. You can stop right there. I, I'm just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know there's sick porn out there. I know. Dude, I am aware dude. of this. Honestly, that's not the worst thing we've said in this podcast no. so far. I, I, ain't <laughs> like, I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't gonna lie to you. I wouldn't even take Cleon to see that. Oh man, well, he would Cleon would protect shit his, Cleon. Cleon would shit his pants, violent his porn. Diaper. Yep. Please. Yep. I have some morals for Cleon. Yep. Yeah. So by the way, Murder Collection is another uh, film here. It's just basically um, like. Like a faces of death for all the, like his murder scenes, yeah. So we don't really get him doing fun stuff like you know, <laughs> puking in toilets and dismembering bodies. <laughs> so that's the August Underground trilogy. Anything else on that? If you get a chance to meet uh, Fred Vogel at a convention, go up and talk to the guy. Mike, look, 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 huh. the Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. August Underground. You put them all trilogy. out on blue. The Blu-ray. Yeah. You know where I actually the seen Blu-ray. them for sale? Uh, one of the disc replay stores. They had, uh, I think they had all three. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. But it was behind a glass case. Why what? is it always got to be behind a glass case? What is it? Does that make it dirtier? Because they don't want some little kid walking in there wanting some unicorn movie, picking that up and going, Mommy, what is this? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a severed head, honey. Yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah. Put that back in Daddy's collection. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the front of this, it looks like a fun kid's movie. It's a guy uh, sitting there with a hammer, you know, all bloody around <laughs> Covered him. Covered in blood. Shit on the wall behind him. <laughs> Like, kid's like this looks good. He's got a picture. He's got a picture of himself on his t-shirt. What's yeah? What's this movie about, mommy? <laughs> so moving on, uh, the Poughkeepsie Tapes is yeah. another uh, freaky one here. Yeah. Uh, the Poughkeepsie Tapes is a film about the murders of a serial killer in Poughkeepsie, New York, told through interviews and footage from a cache of the killer's snuff films. Uh, when police raid a house in Poughkeepsie, New York, they discover over 800 videotapes shot by serial killer Edward Carver, which present a visual record of his murders filmed in full from the point of abduction to the post-mortem mutilation of the victim. Uh, despite the volume of evidence, Carver is careful not to be shown on film unless fully uh, disguised, leading to police, uh, leading police and law enforcement beginning an investigation into his whereabouts and the whereabouts of his victims. Now, the guy that directed the Poughkeepsie tapes, he's gone on to make some pretty good horror movies. 
I can't, which other ones did he make? I didn't. Uh, I'll have to look it up right now. I have now. a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> is, this, right is, this, is, it, is this a, a true story, Sammy? No. Um, no, it's not a true story. But it, it, they prevent it. It's kind of like it almost looks like a documentary, this movie. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like a found footage documentary. They do like interviews oh, between okay. people and okay. stuff. Yeah, so the first tape uh, records the murder of his first victim, an eight-year-old girl who he abducts, rapes, and murders from in front of her house. After the success of his first crime, Carver becomes more meticulous. He convinces a couple named the Andersons to give him a ride before clubbing the man in the head and subduing the woman with chloroform. He then performs a cesarean section on the woman, placing the severed head of her husband inside of her womb before sewing her back up waking her up and filming her reaction. So uh, Carver then shows himself in the CCC, uh, sorry, CCTV footage of another gas station using sign language to reveal the location of the bodies. That's a fucked up part when they show that the woman has her husband's head sewn inside of her. So the guy, the guy uh, John Eric Dowdle, has gone on to direct uh, No Escape with Owen Wilson and Lake Bell. Wow. Oh, wow, that was good. Yeah. As Above, So Below, Devil... That was good, too. Above. Quarantine. He's made some cool shit. So as above, uh, is so is below. Yeah, that's right. What it's called. That's the right? one in, in Paris. Yeah. I, I remember uh, that movie specifically because I was at, um, I, we did like a little uh, engagement for, um, God damn it, what is it, Dunkirk. And I was actually in a movie theater, uh, up in a booth, a projection booth again, showing the movie. Mm-hmm. And I happened to be watching that while that was going on. <laughs> <laughs> so the the booth was completely pitch black. And there's a part in that movie where I remember I, I did, there was a jump scare and I was like, ha! And I actually like, Look behind me. <laughs> I had to turn the yeah. book. It scared the shit out of me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that one had some good jump scares. Yeah. So um, Carver's next victim is a teenage uh, victim named Cheryl Dempsey. He murders and mutilates her boyfriend, Tim, and imprisons Cheryl in his basement, uh, abusing her sexually, physically, and psychologically as his slave. Um, Cheryl's mother, Victoria, appeals to her kidnapper in a television uh, statement. He goes to see her, offering to help while filming her. Um, Victoria soon realizes that he is her daughter's captor and stands shocked as he laughs and flees. That's kind of, he's like fucking with the family after he does this too. Oh boy. Yeah, so while his crimes, uh, with his crimes gaining uh, a rising level of attention, Carver changes his modest operandi and begins targeting sex workers while posing as a police officer. He is dubbed the Water Street Butcher, and the police investigating the murders are left to, uh, are led uh, to Officer James Foley, because Foley has a history of purchasing sex, as is mentioned in the eyewitness statements. Um, he also has no alibi and has uh, matching sperm samples. He is convicted and sentenced to death in 1996 in this uh, kind of faux documentary. Uh, Foley uh, continues to plead his innocence and refuses to make any plea deals. He is executed by lethal injection on September 9th, 2001. Days later, his former partner finds a ma- uh, map in his mailbox with the location of another body, with the real killer had presumably taken Foley's sperm from a fertility clinic and framed him. Foley is uh, exonerated of the murders on September 12th, but because of the proximity to September 11th attacks, this goes unrecognized by the public. So they essentially the serial killer like just frames a random police officer for these murders. Wow. Yeah, it's fucked up. So uh, after another murder, the police reverse engineer the killer's map search and Cheryl is discovered in his empty house. She is rescued but is irreversibly damaged from her ordeal, suffering from malnourishment and harming herself in secret. In an interview, she identifies with her captor and defends him, saying that he loved her. 
Two weeks later, she dies by suicide. Um, her body is exhumed after its burial, uh, basically stolen from the cemetery with a tape left behind in her empty coffin. So the investigators ponder where Carver is and assert that he will be, uh, he will watch the documentary probably. And a post credit scene shows a restrained woman being filmed by Carver who says that she will be allowed to live for as long as she doesn't blink. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so this doesn't even end you know, with this guy going away. He's uh, basically like out at, uh, they could make a sequel to this at any moment. Yeah. But this movie was, I don't say banned, but like it was super hard to find before it got put out, I think, on, on Blu-ray a few years ago. Like, uh, they, they made... shot it in like 2006 and yeah. it didn't come out till like 2010 or something. Later than that. They just, uh, it was kind of like hidden and banned. Probably because it's it's pretty shocking and disturbing, so they they tried to like cancel the movie, but because uh, I the the one and only time I've seen it was like a bootleg, I had to download oh. it. Yeah, I think that's how I got it. Yep, sailing the seas. I, I, I just I just <laughs> I just got to stop that shit when the movies involve children or little little kids, little boys, little girls. I can't. That's but, fucked but, up. But but I but here's <laughs> a lot here. of these uh, involve that. Yeah, but but but, but you know what's but you know what's weird though. You know it's weird, and I and I and I I talked about this film before. Um, Emma Bolger, when she played uh, uh, in this film called uh, Emily, and and she was um, uh, something happened to her kid, and he died, and she was looking for another one to replace him. Did you see that? You seen that film, didn't you? Yeah, Emily? the, the, the seen, little girl seen, like uh, she makes a little the girl put the gun to her head, and she's like, "Go ahead, yeah, pull the trigger. yeah, yeah." Was I it did the little see girl, or little boy, or the little brother? Um, yeah, one of them. One of them, and and and. Uh, you know, as soon as I, as soon as the bathroom scene came, I knew this movie was going to be brutal. Um, she gets like naked in front of the kid, right? She, she's going, she's in the toilet seat, and she wants the little boy to bring her a Coltex, and and she makes him watch her, her put it in there, and he, got, she goes, "Haven't you ever seen this before?" And right then and there, they went past go with me. But oh, yeah. but but uh, you know, uh, you know, with that, I, I don't like that shit. But I, I my curiosity wanted to focus on it keep on going so i did and and it was just a brutal ass movie man. that one came out recently uh, a few years ago emily yeah they're asked that they're talking about doing a second one but well, i thought I, they did make a second one didn't they? I, I, I haven't I, seen it I, but i, I think they did it. I, did they make a second one because she gets away i don't know if you're i don't know if you remember she gets she gets away but but movies like that was just brutal. and 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 if you remember they, they, there was a guy with her, an older guy. They never said who he was. They never said was 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 he doing something to her or, or an uncle or a husband or whatever. And eventually, the guy dies in an accident because he he was trying to get away and, and and he dies in his car accident. And the parents find him, but they don't they they can't put two and two together. They don't know who he is and what he was doing there. But he was actually watching the parents as she was back there, you know, getting ready to take this little boy. And 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 point point being is is sometimes you know when I watch movies and it involves children I can't fucking do it man I, you know when it gets sick I can't do it well, especially it, when they they show it yeah like, uh, you know I, I can't it's it's wrong they you know, shouldn't they shouldn't show that shit one that we should have added onto this list uh, I think it came out in 04, murder set pieces I think I've spoken, haven't seen it I've spoken about this before on the show um, just a very violent gory slasher uh, but. Uh, there's some stuff involving children in there that's that's pretty gross, and uh, the director is kind of controversial. And that, I think that might be the only movie he's he's made. But uh, in '04, I remember uh, well back. Uh, when did they come out? '04, '06. 
Dee Snyder from Twisted Sister had uh, a radio show with Debbie Rashawn. It was Fangoria Radio. I, I remember that. And uh, they were talking about the film, that he was against it because of uh, this whole thing involving children. And he didn't want to talk about it. He didn't want to interview the director. And they were kind of like banning it from Fangoria Radio. So, there, you know, there was some controversy behind it. I've seen it a few times. And... Uh, there's some well-known horror movie actors that are in it, and uh, it's worth seeing once. But yeah, it's it's pretty violent, and the scenes with him, you know, killing kids, it's it's hard to watch. But uh, I mean, there's there's so much of that in in horror movies now and in the past. It's hard to watch, but I mean, if if after a while, I don't know if it's just me, like you get desensitized and it doesn't bother you so and, much and anymore. And, you know what? And those are those are those are just excellent points mike because like i said the, the movies i've watched you know uh pet cemetery um lord of the flies emily you know i i have i could i could watch you know them them uh, uh murder gotta, each other it's like you or, gotta or you gotta know when to, yeah. to turn your brain off but 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 when but when you're when you're um when you're kidnapping or raping them i can't i refuse yeah. to watch that i refuse to to let my brain even associate myself with with that with horror or, or realistic or whatever, I can't do it, man. Sometimes you got to hit the fast forward button. Yeah, I can't. I, I I pretty much, you know, uh, my curiosity just has to be, you know, put away. Well, you got to keep just, things like that. keep telling yourself it's just a movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, I got one all about kids being uh, fucked up over here. Uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm more ready to laugh. A more recent found footage effort is Megan is Missing from uh, 2011, uh, which addresses general concerns over internet technology and child predators. In the modern world, these are the real cannibals, to borrow, borrow from Diodato's off-quoted rhetoric at the end of Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> um, Writer-director Michael Joe, I think it is, um, uh, Goy has created, uh, created a grim tale that revolves around two schoolgirl friends being seduced by a cyber predator and murdered, told after the fact through various media. So the protracted images of rape and abuse that closed the movie have alienated many viewers while also earning plaudits as some sort of unflinching truth for all parents to acknowledge. So whatever the case, it is a prudent exercise that revels in what it seeks to condemn. So uh, what's... (laughs) Yeah. That's fucked up. So um, what what we're these guys are laughing their asses off about right now is uh, one shocking scene occurs when the, when the documentary shows disturbing photos of Megan uh, taken by her abductor and released to an online fetish site. In the very first photo that flashes across the screen, <laughs> Megan has a metal contraption shoved up her nose and mouth. Her eye makeup is smeared everywhere, and blood is also evident. Uh, the photo is a close-up of her face, but there is another picture in which we see that her whole body is confined to a wooden setup, and it de- it definitely seems to be the case that she's being tortured here. I'd say. Okay, hey, let me just say one thing. Wait, wait. Say- please, 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 <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Rape is no joke, okay? But I, I, but I have got a story for you. I wasn't sure if that shocked you guys or if it was that funny. If it was <laughs> actually funny. It's <laughs> fucked up looking, but it's kind of... It is a little bit funny. It's funny to me because of the story I'm about to tell, but you finish first, Sam. As you go for it. <laughs> okay. Can I go first? Please? Go ahead, Sam. It's go real ahead. quick. Please. It's real quick. Please. I had no clue. I know you were talking about this. You did not, wrench, you did not mention rape, but you know what I'd call something like this? You know, Sammy? No, I'm scared to. <laughs> I call this first base. 
My buddy used to have a joke that like if you pull down her pants and she has a butt plug in, foreplay is over. <laughs> oh my god. All right, so so according to the New York Times, 45 million photos and videos of child abuse were discovered Ooh. online by tech companies in the year 2018, meaning that the issue is quite prevalent in our society today. Uh, for context, in 1998, there were about 3,000 pictures of the same nature. So while the photos created for this movie are only fictional, they only scratch the surface of the gruesome visual evidence of child abuse that is now rampant on the Internet. And while we do have some laws to combat the issue, there is still much work to be done here. <laughs> I can't hear, but Mike's nuts. Okay. What he told us about this. Are, are you ready for this? Let's hear the story, Mikey. Yeah, let's hear it. Again, ladies and gentlemen, rape is no <gasps> joke. And I am so sorry for those who have listening that it's, it's happened to them or they know someone close to them that it's happened to. But I saw this movie in, um, well, I guess when it came out, 2011. Uh, before I met my wife, I was on Match.com, met a, a few ladies on there, went on some dates, had a good time. So uh, this one particular girl, I can't even remember her name or I can barely remember what she looks like. But I thought it'd be a good idea. Like, uh, <laughs> don't even start. Don't, don't, don't. Hey, come on over. I'll make you dinner. We'll watch a movie. I just rented this one from Netflix. I've never seen it. I don't know what it's about. We'll watch it together. Okay, great. Sounds like a good idea, right? <laughs> Wrong. So I put on Megan is Missing. It is not a fun, not, not a date movie. Okay. I mean, there's there's one particular rape scene in the movie that's brutal. It's yeah, it really, goes on for a couple minutes. Yeah, it's hard to watch. Okay. I'm used to these fucking movies because I'm so, the sick fuck that loves horror movies. I'm desensitized. It, it's just like, you know, okay, it's just there. It's on. This rape scene's happening. I turned to, to look at this girl that I was, you know, went on a few dates with. She's sobbing. Okay. She's crying her fucking eyes out, like ugly crying. Like, <laughs> she's crying her eyes out. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, I didn't know she was going to react to that. Like, like she's never seen, she admitted to me, she's never seen a horror film in her life. And this is the first fucking one that she sees, you know? And I'm just like, oh my God. I'm like, I'll turn it off for you. We can watch something else. She's like, oh no, no, no. Leave it on. It's okay. I'm like, no, it's not okay. You're fucking like <laughs> crying your eyes out. Like you're about to puke. You're, I mean, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. She's like, no, no, leave it on. Leave it on. She, she does the thing so, where she's, she's crying. She goes, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> 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 so she's crying and deep down it like it's like angel on one shoulder devil on the other the, the angel on, the angel on my left shoulder is like oh you know feel sorry feel empathetic you know uh can i be the devil be, be sympathetic the devil grab on the right grab shoulder tits, Mike, grab tits. the fucking yeah, the, she wants it. the devil on the right shoulder is like <laughs> like laughing at her i thought i mean i i was really like laughing inside like you loser why are you crying <laughs> this is supposed to be a date and you're crying watching a movie i'm like come on see right then and there you should have taken a shot at the title <laughs> Dude, i don't know after that like there was no way i was getting laid that night after oh. making a girl cry Okay, by watching a, a terrible fucking horror movie, Dude, like I, I gotta, t I gotta say this. I, I don't felt bad, to, but I, at the same time, I was like, I was making fun of her. I don't. I gotta say this, man, to our to our listeners. The the reason why we were laughing is because they had this this girl in a in a torture thing, 
because I am not laughing at anybody getting raped. I am not laughing at that horrible situation anybody ever got assaulted. But I ain't gonna. I ain't kidding. I wish you guys could see what we're looking at. It's a lady. If, with... if you could only see this girl's reaction after watching this movie, like you would be laughing your ass off. Too. <laughs> but anyway, I just want to make sure our audience knows that the, that the three of us are not sick people. But that shit was funny. When she was in that poor thing. <laughs> And Mike didn't get Brutal. it that night. <laughs> no. Not even if I tried. I was just Ooh. like I was kind of embarrassed myself, like, oh, I really <sighs> I feel bad for this for this girl. Like I shouldn't have shown this movie. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know it was gonna be that graphic, but it was pretty fucking graphic. Was it just silent for a long time after? Like, no, the, the whole time she's like sobbing, like <laughs> See, I gotta told you oh, that was gonna happen yeah. because that would have been one of my first moves that on a first date is put on a porn. <laughs> Well, Smooth operator, aren't you, Sal? Straight <laughs> to the point. I'm so putting this movie seen on, it? Have you and seen this, this is what we're doing tonight. Have you seen this before, Sal? No. Oh, man. Well, but check I, this. But, but I knew there was trouble when they'd look at me and say, okay, what's with the Kleenex over there, the tree-eyed monkey, and a... <laughs> well, if she never seen a horror movie before, I'm sure the end of this fucked her up good. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, she but, did not like that. Yeah, later after Megan's friend Amy is abduct, abduct, abducted by the same man, I can't talk, who brutally rapes her in an elongated scene, um, he then tells her that he will let her go if she gets into a large plastic barrel to conceal his whereabouts. So Amy opens the barrel and attempts to flee when she sees Megan's decaying corpse inside. Uh, she is forced inside alongside Megan's body and begs to live while Josh digs a large hole in a forest. That's the guy who abducted her named Josh. Um, he pushes the barrel in and fills it up, burying Amy alive with Megan's corpse before picking up his flashlight and walking away. Yeah, that's a fight. They show the scene where they open the barrel and you see her is fucked up. She's it got is like white up. eyes and oh, uh, yeah. she's all like slimy. You yeah, she's like, it's, it's nasty. So and by the way, like for the whole movie, you see you walk. They keep walking by the barrel and you you don't know she's in there until the very end. Is this on Plex, Sam? Yeah, I gotta watch. Not for long. <laughs> no, <I'm just laughs> no, <playing>. no. <laughs> I'll keep it on there so you can watch it. I gotta, I gotta watch it. It's, put it's... it on there after you take Patty to the show tonight. Oh God! <laughs> yeah. Hey, come here, babe. You want to watch a movie? No, not yeah. That so one. go I watch Megan is Missing if you want to see some disgusting, uh, disgusting gross. shit. I, you know what? I, I, and, I and if your girlfriend or wife starts crying, you can laugh at her like I did. Oh my God, Mike! You really showed this on a first date. The, again, I never seen it before. I didn't even know what it was about. It was just something new that I got because the way I, I get new horror movies is I, if I like see a preview or read read something up about it, like. Uh, usually it's like uh, I follow like uh, IFC Midnight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I get a lot of those horror movies that they, they put out, and usually they're pretty good. This was probably like one of them, and uh, I get it in the mail, and I'm like, okay, well, this will be our date night movie. <laughs> you yeah, you bad idea. Yikes. Okay. You should have went with the Kleenex idea, my trap monkey, and a leather mask with the zipper. <laughs> That's not how I roll. Uh, what, I mean, about, what about El Cabong? Ooh, I like El Cabong. Oh, El Cabong. <laughs> oh, hello. He's going to meet Morocco. All right. So we're gonna, the, again, we're going to write down a list of all your characters. <laughs> yeah, we need to come up with like a website to yeah. like a sales translation. And an or artist something. depiction. Yeah. You got like Cockstrong. We'll have a whole definition. Oh, yeah. Cockstrong. <laughs> but you said what Cockstrong was. Yeah, you yeah. said Cockstrong is uh, actually. You know where I got that from? It's like when a boxer doesn't it's like bang before the it's fight. It's like UrbanDictionary.com, but it's like sales vocabulary. I'll give you. Yeah. I'll give you sales vocabulary of of where that came from with me. Even though I couldn't stand my brother, <clears throat> there were times he was pretty funny. We were little guys, and we were we were because uh, I told you my parents were never home. So my mom gets out of the uh, 
sanitarium. This is a couple of months after she gets out of sanitarium. And that's what they call it back then. And uh, and my parents said, be, you, you better be good. You better be good. So me and my brother went in the backyard. And uh, the backyard was always muddy and really swampy kind of looking. We had a strange house, dude. This is a true story. So we got mud. And we, and we, we got mud. And for some reason, we were throwing it against the house. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. I mean, big, just big gobs of mud slapped on the wall. And my brother said, okay, Sal, throw it as hard as you can. Throw it as hard as you can. So I got this roll of mud, and I'm this little kid, and I threw it so fucking hard, some of the uh, cement came off of the, of the house. And he goes, what the fuck? Man, are you cock strong? And after that, I started laughing. I never heard that before. I must have been seven or eight years old. And when my brother said you were, I was cock strong, that's where that came from. That's a true story. That's a true story. You could throw a muddy mud ball. Huh? I could throw. I threw a muddy mud ball, mud ball at my house, and some of the um, brick from the house came off. And my brother said I was cock strong. I owe him for that one. And and, and do, do you want to hear the snake on the jacket? I'd love to hear every single origin story of your vocabulary. Please continue. The, the, actually, I got to give it to my guy, and you guys probably don't remember this from one podcast. I actually got that line from Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> you, it was it was in it was in uh, it was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure <laughs> when, <laughs> when she when the when, when what's her name said, "Don't you have any dreams?" And he goes, "Yeah, I had this dream of a snake wearing a leather jacket." She goes, "No, no, 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 no. <laughs> a large Marge. Ooh, That's yeah. a scary part. It wasn't a large Marge. It was it was a, it was the waitress. A large Marge it sent you. It was the waitress that he liked she oh, said yeah. peewee don't you have any big big dreams and he goes yeah there's snake in the leather jacket <laughs> <laughs> no 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 she said don't you have any big butts because she, she was like yeah but this and but that and peewee don't you have any big butts or dreams and he goes yeah i was, I was I had this one dream of a snake in the leather jacket no 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 <laughs> hello jambi mecca mecca hi mecca honey ho <laughs> Didn't they come out with a new one not too long ago, or like a series with? Uh, I think they, they, he's tried to reignite it a few times. He had a big stage show for years. Uh, now, now is isn't he, taken. You know what kills me is him playing with his PP in a theater. You know, and he and he got so chastised for that. I mean, come on, some of the shit these motherfuckers are pulling nowadays—that's that's fucking bread and butter. Give me a break. Yeah. You know, you can't tell me none of you two guys play with your PP at the theater. Inside a porn theater? No, inside a regular theater. Mm, you know, no, don't look at that. me. Don't look at me. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Not there was part of that crowd. Yeah, there was that one time I went to go see uh, Megan is Missing at the theater, yeah, but yeah, that's, that's about right. it. <laughs> well, there, I mean, there are exceptions. There are exceptions. Yeah. You know what movie? Caution to the back of my throat. <laughs> God, I'm not seeing those films in theaters. So you got to go to sticky that's theaters call, for that. That's a callback for Sammy. <laughs> All right, well, moving on, the, the black market distribution of films was a common theme before YouTube, streaming, and torrents. Obscure and desirable films could be purchased by mail order or traded freely on video cassette amongst friends and collectors. Favorite content consisted of cult films, sleaze, and horror, and the quality was invariably poor, uh, most likely from copies being from a master tape several generations removed. But two bleached and blurry movies would often sit comfortably on a three-hour video cassette, leaving little room for filler, which might consist of random fan-compiled film clips, trailers, or something uh, suitably esoteric. One such proto-mixtape containing a bootleg of a short film called Flower of Flesh and Blood, part of the Guinea Pig series, became uh, the celebrity epicenter of an international investigation into snuff films. 
So the guinea pig series totals uh, six, seven, or perhaps eight films of varying varying length, with each film being a self-contained story. Some contention has arisen to the actual episodes that make up the series and the order in which they run. The English titles are literal, literal, often conflicting translations, while the films are handled by different director, directors in the series itself, more than one production company. Uh, the following filmography is thought to be accurate, though. It's uh, The Devil's Experiment, Flower of Flesh and Blood, He Never Dies, The Making of Guinea Pig, uh, Mermaid in a Manhole, Android of Notre Dame, Devil Woman Doctor, The Making of Devil Woman Doctor, and The Slaughter Special, which is highlights <laughs> from the entire series. What is Mermaid in a Manhole? <laughs> oh, we'll get to it's that. It's so gross. It's just torture. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Before we go any further, I got to know this. Hey, Mikey, has mm. that chick ever tried to contact you again? No. No. What I did mean, you? I mean, I got after five. that. I, okay, total with this girl. I think we went on maybe five dates. That, she went on a date after that. Oh yeah. yeah, dude, that was easy picking. She came dude. back for some more. No, you should you should have taken her. We went. Park. I think we did like maybe two or three dates, and then that one happened, and then maybe like one after that, and then I was just like, okay, this is not, this is wow. not going anywhere. <laughs> if you can't hang and watch a horror movie with me, pff, I don't want nothing to do with you. If you can't hang, baby, there's the door. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. If you can't sit down and watch rape on, on film with me, then, you know. Damn. I, 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 I got nothing for you. What do you think, Sammy? Come on. You guys are the same one. I don't know. <laughs> hey, oh, 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 you know what? You know what? You know what? Now that we're talking about that, I got to clear something up. Yeah. I got to clear something up. It, it, you know what our last podcast and I said Schriller Park when I was when I was a dirty guy. Yeah, I, my I, I meant Stone Park. Yeah, I know. I, I did mean Stone yeah. Park. So let's clear it up. That last episode when I said I used to take people I knew, you know, in the uh, dirty places, that was Stone Park, not Schriller Park. <laughs> I, I had to, I had to, I had to bring myself, you know, my, you know, Cleon had given me a sign to remind me of that. Stay away from Thank Stone you, Park. Thank you, Cleon. Yeah. yeah, don't go to Stone Park. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I don't have to have Cleon on a leash. He's, he's, he's got this leather. Um, I don't think monkeys are even legal to have. <laughs> no, dude, he's got this. He's got this leather uh, thing I put around his neck. Does it you know? shock him? Is it a shock collar? No, no, no. It's got little spikes on it, and and and, and he likes it. So, oh, he's like a punk rock monkey. Yeah. So, so, so I figured <laughs> I don't know. Put a leash on him. Yeah. You know, he's a good boy. You need to get him like uh like the, one of those uh the jackets with the like the the monkey from uh, the Hangover Part Two the one who's <laughs> he's smoking he puts his little cigarettes in the, in the jacket pocket he's got his it's like a denim cutoff yeah a little sleeveless it's a denim, denim. Vest. <laughs> yeah I think he's what? even got a uh, like the the Rolling Stones logo on there <laughs> the the mouth <laughs> but you know what though Cleon you know what he loves you know what he loves to do with me little tie boys no he likes smoking cigars okay. yeah yeah. yeah. That's a funny thing when you see a monkey smoke a cigar. I recently watched the cannibal movie, a uh, cannibal jungle movie, where there was a monkey smoking cigarettes. He steals them out of the guy's park, and I was like, awesome. How, who taught that monkey how to do that? This is the Amazon jungle. So just so, so you know, the guinea pig film series, I think it's out of Japan. Guinea pig. Yeah. It's just torturing of women. It's like it's like torture porn. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. They're getting cut up and disemboweled, and it's fucking gross. These all have a little bit of a story behind them, though. Yeah, this is this yeah. is mo- this is Mike's second Some date movies. Yeah. <laughs> date yeah. number one, Megan is missing. Date number two, one of the guinea pigs. Dude, yeah. could you imagine if she told her parents the date she went on with you? I mean, I don't remember her being like very like like Christian, religious, but like she admitted to me she's never seen a horror film in her life. Okay. Okay, and that's the first one she's seen. Was she? Was she? You know, I hate. She's a little know. weird, from what I recall. I I, I hate to ask this. That'd be know? funny if you see her now and she's like a goth chick. Oh, she's all. Yeah. She used to be like a good Christian. I ruined girl. her. Yeah. <laughs> I ruined her. Yeah. I mean, was she at least? Was she at least a decent looking girl? Maybe? No. Oh, she was ugly. 
Match.com. Then what does it matter? Who cares? I just think it was, I, th- I think I was funny. I thought it was funny. I think it's funny. <laughs> you well, know. you think it's funny, Sammy? Yeah, yeah. of course. So, uh, Gideon. <laughs> Do you want me to turn it off? <laughs> no, no, leave it on. Leave it on. It's okay. <laughs> See, right that in there, you heard a zip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Guinea Pig is the brainchild of film producer Santru Aguru, and uh, who fostered an idea for a series of films that would somehow be a progression of the modern horror film, taking it to a new level. Agura made the first entry himself, The Devil's Experiment, which chronicles in a clinical fashion a variety of tortures upon a lone female, and there is no reason or meaning to it. The victim is subject, subjected to an agony upon agony and reduced to the status of a lab rat or indeed a guinea pig. So the film opens with a text stating the following, that several years ago I obtained a private video under the title Guinea Pig. It is a commentary said that it, this is a report of an experiment on the breaking point of bearable pain and the corrosion of people's senses, but it was, in fact, an ex- an exhibition of devilish cruelty as three perpetrators severely abused a woman. So uh, note that guinea pig is defined as any experimental material. You know, now that we mentioned torture, uh, I think you might be familiar with it, but we didn't add it on our list here. Salo or 120 Days in Sodom. Yeah, yeah, it was maybe doing like an extreme episode on that or something. Yeah. Days That's of a Sodom? fucked up movie. 120 Days in Sodom is its alternate title, but it's called Salo, and I think it's an Italian film. Yeah. It's so sick. It's Very really gross. sick. Yeah. It's like these uh, Italian aristocrats that are on the side of the Nazis, and it's they take these teenagers. Like begging their daughters and stuff. They and, take these ugh. teenagers and they take them to like this pr- uh, private, like castle, mansion, uh, estate. And they're these, they're getting tortured, they're getting raped, and then they're all this sick, sexual stuff. They you know, poop, getting they're burning these kids. I mean, it, it, they they guy. torture the shit out of these teenagers. Wait, it's, they they poop on the kids and then they burn them. They make them eat it. Yeah, there's all kind of sick scat shit in there. Yeah, that's gross. Wow. <laughs> so um, in uh, Guinea Pig, the first part here, a woman is seen hanging motionless outdoors in a net. Throughout the film, she is tortured by three men in a variety of ways. The film is divided into ten segments, each depicting a different method of torture. The first segment, titled Hit, shows men taking turns striking a woman in her face numerous times. You can kind of tell that's a little fake, though. Like there, You can tell there's parts where it doesn't <laughs> even connect, you know? <laughs> so in the next segment, Kick depicts the woman blindfolded with her hands behind her back, being repeatedly kicked and berated by the three men. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I know, I, so, but if I see somebody kick a chick in the stomach, I'd laugh. Oh, come on. That's not good. <laughs> so in the third segment, Claw, the woman's right hand and forearm are pinched with pliers. Uh, the skin ripped off. Uh, the fourth segment, Unconscious, shows the men spinning the woman in a chair over a hundred times. The fifth segment, Sound, depicts the woman being forced to endure hours of a sound torture, wherein headphones playing loud white noise are secured to her head. I think they do it for like... 72 hours or something like that. Oh, I, thought, crazy. I, thought, I thought she was being exposed to like Justin Bieber or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. white noise. I thought that's even too. <laughs> Imagine that for like three, four days in a row. She's like this at the end. These <laughs> 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 so, movies are sick. I will so in the sixth segment, skin, one of the woman's fingernails is ripped off and she is shown hanging outside in a net once again. 
The seventh segment, Burn, depicts the woman laid out on a table and scalding oil of varying degrees poured all over her skin, burning her. The eighth segment, Worm, shows maggots being dumped on her. In the ninth segment, Guts, the men throw organs and entrails on the woman. Uh, an incision is made along the back of one of her hands with a blade, and the hand is then smashed with a hammer. In the tenth and final segment, called Needle, the men insert a needle into the woman's temple, Ooh. poking it out through her left eye, and she is then shown hanging outdoors in the net once again, unmoving. So uh, the film then closes with a text stating the following, that the details of this experiment were missing when he received this video, but the name, age, and other information of the woman and the three men in the video are under investigation. So that's let me, the let me, first one. Let me just one. clarify something here. Speaking personally, I don't recommend our listeners watching these movies. I mean, they're they're pretty sick. They're pretty gross. Like, uh, you know, we'll suffer through them for you and just describe it, but I don't recommend anyone watching these. Now, yeah. uh, you know what? Uh, the third one, the third one is pretty good. We'll get to that. In a he never dies. <laughs> and, and, and I got to clear something up too. And I, I don't, I, you know, I'm only joking when I said, uh, uh, you know, seeing a woman get kicked in the stomach because <laughs> I, I, if it was a dude, I'd laugh too. So there you go. All right. So uh, for the second film, uh, a guru turned to uh, noted horror writer and manga artist Hideshi Hino, of whom he was a fan. Hino's best-known works in the West remain perhaps uh, Zoroku's Strange Disease and Panorama of Hell. More recently, has been hailed as Japan's master of horror with a whole series of his nightmare manga released in English under the imprint uh, Kokuro Books. The author's picture in these books shows him in uh, a grave Hino brandishing samurai swords, by the way, which is uh, what Flower of Flesh and Blood is kind of all about. So there was, uh, things were a different matter in the 80s. Hino's publisher at the time had gone out of business, and with no money for him in manga, Hino felt that he had little to lose in making a film. So Flower of Flesh and Blood effectively reworks Aguru's extraordinary bleak effort, Devil's Experiment, infusing it with Hino's manga obsessions. Here is a certain uh, cultural deference and some pitch black humor, which is manifest in the killer's samurai garb and in his soliloquies. So Hino ditched uh, initial plans for a high concept drama working instead with the little resources available, hence a supposed snuff film, a conceit whereby budget, lack of production values in a single location doesn't matter. Hino even created a backstory, which is solemnly related in text form at the start and conclusion of Flower and Flesh and Blood. The bogus narrative informs viewers that the film is a reconstruction of materials sent to Hino in the mail by an anonymous fan of his work, a horrible package that consisted of one 8mm film, 54 still pictures, and a 19-page letter detailing a bizarre crime performed by persons of an aesthetic paranoia in some secret place. So Flower of Flesh and Blood opens with the pursuit of a girl through a modern Japanese city at night. Upon her capture, the location switches to a small room where, tied to a bed, the girl is drugged and systematically mutilated by a man wearing the garb of a samurai warrior. <laughs> have you guys seen this one? Uh, Mike, you have? Sam? To be honest, I, I've never seen any of the guinea pig films. Yeah. I've only seen bits and pieces and scenes and read about it. It just sounded so gross they, to they, me. they get right into it. They are, yeah. Yeah, I, I was watching... Uh, guinea pig one and two and i think there's a third one. one too right oh there's six <laughs> is there six i i, 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 I didn't get past yeah. three but but again i had to i, I, I had to fast forward you know, man. they used to be see i still get i think i've told you guys this i still get dvds in the mail from netflix and when some stuff wasn't like ready available on dvd it would get saved to like your saved section in your queue mm -hmm. 
And at one time, there was maybe three or four guinea pig films that you could put in your saved queue on Netflix, but they never came out on DVD. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Uh, probably just too much distribution, and I mean, well, this is what Sammy was talking about before. They uh, one one of the guinea pigs started off. They were uh, not starting off, but it was like almost uh, not even a quarter into it, and they were spinning it, the one girl in the in a chair. Yeah, and and I'm thinking. That was kind of funny, I, 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 but but then I it got fucked up because they started pouring alcohol down her throat and stuff. Yeah. It becomes they make yeah. it disturbing. Yeah, and and you know what? I gotta say another thing too. When I was behind a beaded curtain, there's a lot of Japanese porn that are sicker than sick. <laughs> They're sicker than sick. I, I I rented one once, you know, just because a friend wanted me to rent it and he wanted to see it. So I'm like, you know what? Let me see what this fucking guy's talking about. And it was these three big fat. Um, uh, uh, Japanese dudes, and here comes this little hot, little hot uh, a- uh, Asian girl, and they had her uh, uh, dance on a glass table. So the next, you know, I'm like, "What the fuck is going on here?" So next, you know, these three big—they're like my size. These guys go under the table, and they're looking up at her, and she's shaking her her little ass, and she starts shitting. Say, this is not oh, good. She's gonna geez. break that glass. No, and she started <laughs> shitting in the in a bowl. I won't even tell you Gross. what happened after that because Mike, you'll get mad at me. But it was it, it, some of these Japanese films, dude, are brutal. Yeah. Brutal. There's some Hollywood executives that would pay good money for that. Oh, and, and that's just it. That's the point <laughs> I've heard trying to stories. Make. There was somebody like that No, in that's, a, that's the point I was trying to make. I won't tell you the gross parts, Mikey, but these were all like millionaire dudes because mm. it was in this like real nice um, high rise that they're in. And they all had like all the diamonds and, and, and gold on and everything. And, and, and you could see the background was like, you know, this was money. Yeah. This was money because, you know, the sicker you are, the more it costs. There are some. They say great... that Lou Reed was into that shit. Yeah, I heard yeah. that. Really? I heard that. Yeah. I heard Lou Reed was in it. But a lot of those guys. I mean, look at what was that one guy that married his own uh, niece or or what? Which which rock star was Jerry it? Lee Lewis? Jerry Lee Lewis. Dude, uh, gross. There are some uh, really good uh, Asian horror film directors out there, especially from out of Japan. Takashi Miike. Yeah, yeah. He's made some crazy shit. Like, well, what's our guy's ones. name? Um. He did Ichi the Killer? He did Ichi. Yeah, yeah. What's our what's our guy's name that did uh, Freddy vs. Jason? Um Ronnie Yu. Ronnie, Ronnie Yu, yeah. Ronnie yeah, Yu. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I know you like a lot of his uh, films. Doubt it. Let's no, see. you don't like Ronnie Yu's films? Okay. Uh let's mm. see, Bride of Chucky. That was alright. Um what else do I recognize here? See, I figured you would have liked him. Seriously. Nah. Well, one man's trash is okay. another man's treasure. That's right. true. All right. <laughs> So in the uh, in Guinea Pig 2, uh, he waxes lyrical as he goes on about his bloody test. Uh, the samurai, by the way, saying at one point that now the woman is in a state of rapture due to the drug he I injected in her. As can be seen, she is completely unable to feel pain. But instead of feeling nothing, she feels only ecstasy. And about to mutilate the woman, the samurai determines, in this world there was nothing more beautiful. I shall now reveal clearly the ideal of beauty, and the first red flower shall bloom from her wrist. So this is a translation from the Japanese. Um, early versions of the film in circulation didn't have subtitles, thus denying English-speaking audiences of an important element of the film and rendering its message even more ambiguous. So the girl's pain and suffering are mere barriers that the samurai warrior must surmount in order to attain his true objective, which is the flower, quote-unquote. So the flower of flesh and blood runs parallel to The Tattooer, a short story by... uh, Tanizaki Junichiro, published in 1910, it too deals with an artist obsessed with the perfect woman, drugging her so that he may use her as a canvas and deliberate on matters of beauty. 
So uh, this instance uh, of the protagonist tattoos the girl as opposed to removing her limbs. Hmm. Hmm. Never read that, but I think it sounds pretty interesting. I'd check it out. I think they made a movie about it in the 40s or something, but it was a little different. They switched it up. So uh, the the violence here is brutal and shocking. Uh, the dazed and delirious delirious victim is first stabbed, then one hand is removed. A hammer and chisel are utilized when the knife provides ineffective, and a leg is sewn off before finally she is disemboweled and has her head hacked off. When the girl is dead, the cycle appears to start over again with the pursuit of another potential victim. Do you that's, see the baby? That's kind of hard to look. That's kind of hard yeah. to look at. I will admit. It, yeah, even more. Yeah, it's just a, like a artist, kind of a, a picture someone drew about it, like a fan art. Yeah, but look, the, the baby's hand is has been chopped off. Jesus Christ! I mean, you know, like Mike's oh. right. I mean, even though it's a a very a very uh, childish drawing, it's it's very disturbing, man. Yeah. So, Flower of Flesh and Blood follows all the motifs that we have come to expect a snuff film would look like. Apart from the opening and closing shots, the setting is confined to one small room. The victim is bound and helpless, and it looks cheap. What's more, given the modes of underground distribution in the 80s, most copies of Guinea Pig were relegated to third, fourth, or even fifth generation video copies, meaning the quality was invariably poor and by extension more dangerous. However, clearly the film is not real. It has credits for one thing, and there's also no nakedness, no depiction of breasts or genitalia. Uh, When the killer is removing the woman's undergarments, the film fades out, then returns when her body has been covered with a sheet. So uh, this may oblige the Japanese censorship law, but as an unexpected courtesy on part of the supposed snuff filmmaker. So despite the carnage, the drape never slips away from the victim, and when it does, it's cast aside so the killer may work on the torso. A convenient spill of intestine cloaks the offending pubic region. Um, On top of this, there are cinematic flourishes like tracking shots and audio effects to the whole movie. So the opening and closing sequences are also seen from the killer's point of view, while the rest of the film is shot objectively for the most part. Uh, the introduction to the killer for both victim and audience is by way of rasping sound of a knife being sharpened in the corner of the room. Later, engaged in the act of dismemberment, the samurai guard protagonist becomes increasingly excited and shares with us his ideas about art in the Japanese way. So he also uh, props the decapitated head of his victim up on the bed and inoculates an eyeball with a dinner spoon, sucking on it with cross-eyed delight. And in a post-coitus cliche, he smokes a cigarette, and then the camera leaves to pan around the room while he sings a song. The camera angles swap and change, and at one point we even see things from the point of view of a chicken, which is weird. <laughs> so, needless to say, if you enjoy these films, there's something wrong with you, and you should probably check yourself into a institution. Yeah, it's very disturbing. So, um, some scenes depicting torture and mutilation are, for the most part, obscured by an ill-positioned object, object such as the samurai's elbow. Otherwise, they take place in extreme close-up that they become almost meaningless, like a tangle of flesh and blood followed by reaction shots. Moreover, we know it's not real because of there's a making of documentary which details the special effects work, which is uh, it's actually pretty fun. That one, it's like they show everybody working on it, everyone's having a good time. One sequence shows the crew working on the fingers of the victim's severed hand, like a via a series of wires. Um, when the take is over, like the girl that is being mutilated, like bursts into laughter. She was loving it. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what, Mike? You know what the most violent movie I've ever seen from from uh, Asians' uh, point of view? Kill Bill. When 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 Uma Thurman uh, had the Bruce Lee um, suit on, the yellow suit, remember that? 
in remembrance of Bruce Lee. Yeah, but again, and, remember and she, that's Quentin Tarantino, and he was most likely stealing from like Ichi the no, Killer. No, he said and, that. He uh, said that. He said this was his. Yeah, but they don't focus on. I mean, this is focused. No, on, no, 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 no. I understand that. I understand that. The point I'm trying to make is, is, is again, stuff like this is leaking in has leaked into Hollywood a long time ago. People just don't realize it. Because if you remember, Uma Thurman chopped up, like, what, a hundred and something guys? Yeah, and they're spraying yeah. blood. And, but and, it, was, and they're spraying it was cool. It was more funny, and it was action-packed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but point being that the, 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 the violent... I mean, if you remember the beginning, when uh, the little girl was under the bed, it was the cartoon uh, animation part yeah. of the movie, mm-hmm. and the little girl's under the bed, and they kill her father, and blah, 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 blah. And next you know they 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 take Uma Thurman, uh, train her, blah blah blah. And then next you know she kills. What, what were those guys' names, Sammy? The crazy eighty. The crazy yeah. eighty eight. Yeah. I'm sorry, eighty eight guys. And then Orenishi. Yeah, and then she killed uh, a couple people upstairs. Mm-hmm. You know because she was looking for Oren. What, what, what's what's her name in real? Um, Lucy Liu. Lucy Liu, who's Orenishi. I think she's gorgeous. Gorgeous. No. You don't ah. like really? Mm-mm. Really? Well, well, anyway, well, anyway, uh, you know, my point is. A lot of these violent actions in these movies have leaked into Hollywood tremendously. Because when I seen when when Uma Thurman chopped up all those guys, the crazy, and then they took Lucy Liu. It, what did they did, didn't they chop off her? Didn't she chop off her hand, throw in a trunk, and then throw? Her, uh, no, no, she cut off Lucy Liu's head. It was their assistant. Yeah. No, she, she got like, scalped. Who, who, she got scalped. Yeah. Mikey, oh, who, yeah, yeah, who, did, right. who did she put in the trunk? And they took to a hospital. And they it was her trunk. assistant. That was her assistant. Yeah, dude, you don't. I mean, you don't see the brutality and all of that. Oh, it was a sword oh, fight. Holy yeah. fuck! This is different. This is a torture film. No, I know, I understand <laughs> it, but I'm just saying that it, it, you know, some of this torture shit is in Hollywood movies, man. Not a movie like this. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's like this movie where they're where they're that's all it is. I'm just saying that a lot of our, our Hollywood movies are so fucking brutal. It can be. It can be. Dude. Japanese love the brutality. They do. Come on, Mikey. Yeah. Look at, look at the I mean, original look at the original version of um Not like this. Oh no, I no, I, I understand what you're saying. It is. It's nothing like this because they get into way past gore. Oh yeah. You know, especially what just that one cartoon with the baby? It's I found it funny. It I found uh, Japan even like demanded extended gore versions of Hammer films, and like uh, they cre- they created the Faces of Death. By the way, that's a oh, Japanese production. Yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Did yeah. you know that? Yeah. Well, I I I mean I didn't know it was from Japan, but I mean like a lot of that is like American made. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. They wanted gorier Hammer films. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. So, um, continuing down this line, we might also see in Hinu, uh, Hini, Hinu, yeah, an extension of the erotic pink film or the pinku iga, they call it in Japan, a popular sexploitation genre that emerged in the early 60s. So, pink films are shot on film, are low budget, and run for about an hour, often blending themes that might be considered abhorrent to rusted eyes. Um, Molester Train from 1975, for instance, is a comedy series about a woman being groped on a public transport. Uh, Shogun Sadism from 1976 is a reconstruction of a variety of cruel punishments in the age of the Tokugawa Shogunate. Um, A credit sequence displays genuine, altogether more recent atrocities in photographic form. Uh, there are also plenty more. Uh, Pool Without Water is a pink film released in 1982. It concerns a reluctant rapist and the woman of his dreams who he drugs and assaults. These films clearly enlighten Flower of Flesh and Blood, but Hino makes a point of distancing himself from them. Uh, pink film is traditionally shot on 16mm or 35mm film stock for a theatrical presentation. 
Hino's film, on the other hand, is shot on videotape for viewing at home, with the medium providing new freedom in terms of accessibility, production, and distribution. So, in Britain, a copy of Flower, Flesh, and Blood was seized by customs officials and made headlines when it was considered a genuine snuff film. Also, uh, in early 1991, actor Charlie Sheen and a friend found themselves in a possession of a film of Asian origin rumored to contain actual snuff footage that was Flower, Flesh, and Blood. Skeptical, the two men played the video cassette expecting to dash the rumor, but instead were horrified by the material it contained. Um, they actually contacted the MPAA, and the video cassette was then handed to the FBI. Agent Dan Codling informed the men that the film was already being investigated by both the FBI and the Japanese police, and the case was eventually dropped. So Charlie Sheen got scared by Sheen, this film. Okay, so Sheen thought it was real. <laughs> yeah, he thought it was a real film, and he he ratted, tried to rat on these yeah, guys. Yeah, but I bet you he watched it. He's a, yeah, but he's he jerked a, off to it. He's yeah. a piece of shit. Yeah, he's a piece of shit, Charlie Sheen. Yep. Because you can't tell me he didn't drug a bunch of the girls he was with. I don't know. You know, Who regardless knows? if they were hookers or not, because that's what he was known for. But um, he's a piece of shit. All I know well, is I know that... he was sleeping with chicks when he knew that he had AIDS. Yeah. That was fucked up. Yeah. All I know is that when yeah. he went on the road and did his like uh, spoken word thing, I think he did a show at the Chicago Theater, and it fucking sucked. Like, he just oh, bombed. It was so, what, what was so he doing? Awful. What was he doing? After crack cocaine and like, tiger blood, yeah, this, that was around that whole time when they roasted him, and he was like he he got fired off the set of uh, Two and a Half Men. Yeah. He did like a, a spoken word tour kind of thing, and uh, he only it was only like just a few dates, and then they stopped it. But he his show at the Chicago Theater was like so awful that he just it so it was just a desperate move. Was that like a punishment gig for the stagehands? Like if you've been bad <laughs> lately, they put you on the Charlie Sheen. <laughs> Mike's not answering that. Mike's not answering that. It was like you know a job is a job to but us. They, but yeah. Mikey, they said how stupid he was because he thought being fired from three the, the series three and a half man was no big deal. And he never got a job ever after that paying that kind of money. Why the they fuck were would paying he, him yeah, he was a million dollars money. an episode or something, yeah. wasn't it? Two, yeah, maybe even two million. It, it, he's I pretty much been, been canceled and uh, blacklisted in Hollywood. I mean, I, I'm sure he's still working, but he probably gets like shit offers. Oh, man. You can't say he... Oh, they I, said, I saw a picture of him, too, that where he was like all fucking cracked out and everything. He had worse teeth than the samurai in Flower, oh, Flesh, seriously? and Blood. Yeah, He has like no teeth in his mouth anymore. Wow. Cause how how old is he, Mike? Is he is he younger than you? He's you know part of the Brad Pack from the eighties, so he's probably like late fifties. Oh, I didn't even think he was that old. I think his first movie was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, wasn't it? No, no, he was huh? some stuff younger than that. Did, did he do a yeah. Navy Seals movie? I know he did a Navy Seals movie, but I'm not sure if that was before. That was in the nineties. Navy Seals, him and Michael Bean. Yeah. Which was a good movie. The Wraith. Maybe the Wraith was one of his. Love the Wraith, man. All right. Love the Wraith. Anthony loves the Wraith too. Isn't that a shame? He's he he was he was a Hollywood guy, but he went too far. You know, was that him? It was like winning. I'm winning. <laughs> I tried to fl- flush all that out of my brain. <laughs> no, you watched uh, the the roast of him on Comedy Central. Like, they was, tore, it, was they, it bad? They tore into him. Oh yeah. I, I don't think anybody got got it as bad as Alec Baldwin. His daughter. Mm, ball, yeah, he got it good. Mikey, Mikey, his daughter. Yeah. Made him look like the biggest asshole on, in the world. He probably is a big asshole. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I, I, from the way he treated her and talked to her, and then she roasted him. Oh yeah, dude, you know he was steaming. They must have paid him big money for that. 
because he's a fucking jagoff, man. He he just <laughs> I, I'm sure he if you look at him the wrong way, he thinks he's better than you. All right. Well, moving on to guinea pig three. He never dies. It's a 1986 film directed by uh, Masayuki Hisazumi. After an uh, an after an introduction given by an American reporter discussing strange cases from around the world, the story begins centering around an unlucky salaryman named Hideshi who is unhappy, unloved, and above all, lonely. So the depressed office drone and bullied salaryman Hideshi contemplates death, toying with the macabre idea of self-mutilation and suicide for quite a while, with the desperate employee summons up the courage to finally take action. So one evening, Hideshi attempts to slit his wrists and finds that he cannot feel pain. He then discovers that he has somehow become a mortal and invites a co-worker to his home, asking that he bring sharp gardening utensils with him. When his co-worker arrives, Hideshi plays a practical joke on him by using the tools to mutilate himself and ends up decapitating himself with a set of gardening shears. So terrifying the co-worker to the point of fainting during the ordeal, eventually the co-worker's girlfriend enters and Hideshi, uh, enters Hideshi's apartment to see why her fiancé is taking so long, only to find Hideshi's still living head on the blood-splattered coffee table. He also disembowels himself. And um, more confused than scared, she goes to wake up the co-worker. Then the two begin to clean up the apartment so that Hideshi doesn't get in trouble with his landlord. And as the others get to work cleaning, Hideshi announces that he's become more confident and would like to return to his job the following day. <laughs> like I said, this one's a little more comical because it's kind of a dude doing this to himself, but it's still pretty pretty crazy especially when he like he cuts into his own stomach and rips out his own guts and he hacks yeah. off his own hand that's what how it starts he hacks off his hand and then he's like what the fuck did i do how I mean, come i'm not dying the, the effects in japan in the 80s were pretty good <laughs> yeah they're like i said even the making of is pretty fun like they show how they do all this stuff and it's, they actually got some really fucking they got like really intricate with it like what they would use like all they did the, a lot of experiments to make sure like the flesh looked real and yeah, shit all the prosthetics yeah, yeah. So, uh, Guinea Pig, Devil Woman Doctor, is a 1990 film directed by Hajami Taibi. Um, sources differ on whether Doctor Devil Woman Doctor is the fourth or sixth entry in the series, but the front cover art for the VHS release of the film by Psy Enterprise describes it as the fourth film in the series. According to Salvador Jimenez, um, despite being chronologically labeled as fourth in the series, Devil Woman Doctor is often referred to as the final Guinea Pig film. So, Devil Woman Doctor tells the story of a female doctor played by a Japanese drag actor named Peter. That's his whole name, just Peter. <laughs> so, the film, that's so weird to have a Japanese dude named Peter, right? <laughs> so, the film takes the form of several vignettes in which she encounters numerous patients, including a family whose head explodes if they get upset, and a woman whose heart explodes when she becomes scared. A man with a dissociative identity disorder who finds a new life as a street comedian. A Yakuza member with a sentient tumor with a human face growing on his stomach. And a zombie with a still-living girlfriend. So uh, the doctor then saves a woman from a sentient internal organ before meeting a man who sweats blood and attempts to remove a living tattoo from another patient, which continuously moves around his body. Um, and who she eventually must flay alive to re finally remove the wholesome ink. So this movie's a, a funnier one than kind of the rest of them. It's kind of a comedic snuff film, if you can say. <laughs> so um, in the final scene, a group of four men discuss their particularly bizarre conditions. 
The first patient produces soybean paste under his feet and can spit eggs containing infant aliens from his mouth. What? Yeah, the second has an uh, an elastic penis. The third constantly emits smoke from his body, and the fourth has a heart which moves around inside of him. The devil woman doctor then arrives on the scene and proclaims to the audience that each of the four conditions presented by the patients are incurable, and as the credits roll, several of the film's characters hit each other with metal discs coated in sharp metal spikes, causing large amounts of blood to spurt from them. And though no one appears to be seriously injured, despite the graphic scene, but rather than horror, the like we said, the tone of this one is akin to more extremely violent and surreal slapstick comedy. You mentioned elastic penis. You know what that reminds me of? <laughs> oh, well, boy. Okay, I used oh, to, boy. Stretch yeah. Armstrong? No. Uh, a lot of my musical taste... Came from Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> All those videos they watch, a lot of those, that's how I discovered a lot of bands. One band that I discovered on there, King Missile, their song was called Detachable Penis. How's that go? <laughs> Detachable Penis. Dun, 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 dun. It's a good song. It's catchy. The video's funny. The lyrics are really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Sal. Give it to me. Hey, 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 Mikey. Yep. Don't do that. No, dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> Funny song. You know what? You know what? Look it up. I'll probably play it over over behind here. The elastic penis thing reminded you of that stuff. Don't ever say I'm a weird motherfucker because you're a weird motherfucker. (laughs) But you know what though? I got to say this one thing. This is I've said this on so many of our podcasts. I was watching, I was watching a series that my wife and I watch, and she was more amazed than I was. Believe it or not. And it was something gross. I can't stop ever bring, and I never will stop bringing up uh, my girls, Saskatoon's Twins, American Mary. Huh. You know, the, the 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 reason why I'm bringing it up is because um, between that, that that's probably in my how could I say this? In my uh, opinion, uh, is right up there with snuff films because of the weird shit that they did, which was. If you remember, Mike, she's a surgeon. She's, a, she's a, well, not 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 American Mary, but the girl that came up to her, um, you know, that want to look like a doll. The first one that offered all the money. I think that's a yeah. dude. You think it's a dude? I, yeah. Okay. Okay. Regardless if it's a dude or not, then her girlfriend wanted to be more like a doll mm-hmm. with no vagina, uh, no cheekbones, blah 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 blah. You got all of that? You got all of that, Sammy? Here, here's yeah. the sick part. Here's the sick part. My wife and I watch Botched all the time. And people are coming in there, and it's true. They want to look like human dolls. There was a woman. The like other, that guy who wanted to look like Ken or yeah. something yeah. like that? Yeah, there yeah. Was a, that did you see the one? Looking. Did you see the one? There was an episode. My wife was like, how is that humanly possible? This woman had a 17-inch waist. Oof. And you know what she had to do? She went to Mexico, of all places to go, and she had her ribs taken out. Yeah. And I said, and my wife looked at me. And I, I, I couldn't believe my wife was watching this because my wife hates that stupid shit. But but it was more or less uh, a shock moment for her. You know, mm. she'll, she'll, she'll watch it with me. But well, it's, I, it's, it's like, how do you live? Can you live with no ribs? So I, I'm looking at this, and there was so many guys. Like Sammy said, there was, a, there was one guy, he wanted to look like Superman. So he had implants in his chest, implants in his biceps, looked like he had muscles, the blue eyes, the chiseled skin. He couldn't just work out. He had to pay to get muscles. Yeah, he had to pay. Oh, yeah. And I'm watching that, and I'm thinking of American Mary. 
and 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 I could never I can always watch an American Mary. The Saska twins are my hero. They're 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 great, great girls. And 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 when I watch that series and what's going on in real life, and these people, Mike, dude, they're not like me, you and Sammy. Hard working, no, hard working people. Look at these, look these at motherfuckers. Kim these motherfuckers have money. Oh yeah, look at Kim dude. Kardashian. She got fake ass implants. Yeah. Okay. What's even sicker are the doctors that are gonna do the surgery. Yeah. It's a big thing. But if you watch, if you watch, you give them money, they'll do whatever you oh, want. Course, point being, course. point being, if you watch, um, botched, dude, there's some sick ass motherfucking people out there with money. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. I mean, dude. So you've seen some of that, Sammy? The guy that wanted to be Superman? I don't think I saw him exactly, no. But I've seen the guy who wanted to look like the Ken doll. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Very weird. It's, it's off-putting. And, yeah. and, and Mikey, here's here's another... It's kind of like one of those like Uncanny Valley things where he like doesn't look like a real person. He yeah. kind of looks right. like half android, half... And, and, yeah. and here's my... And did you see the one guy that wanted to be an alien? He had his ears mm. pointed. He made them make his ears pointed. He made, he made uh, surgically his eyes... Um, uh, blacked out. That's like so, the lizard guy so, too. So, he's so, got this tongue split. So, so Mikey, they, 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 they teeth they, filed down. Uh, so the brow, the the head guy in this said, "You actually took a chance because there was a 50-50 chance." They said this. My wife had seen this episode too. There was a 50-50 chance that he could go blind, and he didn't care. He wanted his eyes, um, uh, to be solid black. You know, his, 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 you know, so there was no color at, at, all, at all in his eyes. You could just pay me, and I'll punch him in the eye. Every <laughs> day, <you know? laughs> but point being, man, go to my cousin; he'll he'll just tattoo that eyeball for you. Yeah, dude. But but the point <laughs> being is, they have so much money, uh, right? Okay, the, okay, Mikey, uh, give me uh, get, point point out my ears. You give me that surgery, I pay you this astronomical amount of money, and you charge me even more money. Mm. Okay, Mike, it's gonna cost me nine grand a year. Here you go. Yep. Holy shit! Couple thousand dollars, couple Dude, hundred and, thousand and, and, dollars, and then people and people disregard movies like this. I'm not saying this is this is a right movie to watch or to make. I'm not saying that at all. Am I into it? No. But I am curious about it. But dude, you but us as humans, we better look at the real thing. Man, this shit's all over fucking TV, man. Yeah. So moving Some on, strange uh, people out there. I had, to, I had to get that out. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> all right, you gotta. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, uh, guinea pig. These are android, the opinions of Cell. Yeah, it, it was a Jimmy John sandwich. <laughs> so, the Android of Notre Dame is a 1988 film directed by Kazuhiro Karamuru. Um, it revolves around a scientist who tries to find a cure for his sister's grave illness. A uh, scientist needs a guinea pig to perform experiments on. A stranger approaches the scientist, offering a body for the experiments, for which the scientist will pay. When the experiments do not go well, the scientist becomes enraged and hacks the body to pieces. The stranger then approaches the scientist again and supplies another body, so the experiments continue. Did you watch this one, Sal? No, I didn't, but why does he look like Pinhead? That's, um, yeah, just an experiment, a head that he's doing an experiment on, but I'm, this one I think is best suited for you because the lead, <laughs> the lead actor is a little person. <laughs> I know you're going to go home and watch this one now. Mikey, <laughs> look at his shoes. What does it mean when it, when it, when it, we're showing a scene I'm gonna here. Say, I'm going to say, yeah, he lures this guy into his backyard where he chops off his legs. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Oh, look at his teeth. Yeah, he's an evil little man with bad teeth. 
That's the guy who he turns into like the pinhead looking guy, by the way. This is as bad as like trauma. <laughs> this one, Dude. yeah, these ones are funny. This is the guy who was like, this guy is like face. blackmailing him. Look at his face. <laughs> this guy was blackmailing the midget? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you see his teeth, Mike? Yeah, unfortunately. Did you see how big his shoes were? <laughs> I never seen a little guy with big feet. Like clown shoes. Wow. Yeah, so um, the director of Flower of Flesh and Blood, Hideshi Hino, directed one other entry in the guinea pig series, Mermaid in a Manhole. So this film, with its abstract, childlike story and images of body decay, is wholly more indicative of Hino's MAGA work. So what is in it, an artist finds a mermaid in a sewer, takes her back to his studio, and proceeds to paint her. When she begins to decay, the artist updates his painting accordingly. So uh, sources differ on, differ on whether this is the fourth or the sixth film in the series. In a 2000 interview with Vice, Hino said that he had nothing to do with the fourth guinea pig film, implying that he does not consider Mermaid in a Manhole to be the fourth entry in the series. However, Stephen Biro, co-founder of the home distribution company called Unearth Films, listed Mermaid in a Manhole as the fourth film in the series. So in his book, The Encyclopedia of Japanese Horror Films, Salvador Jimenez claims that it was the sixth guinea pig film to be produced, although it was released fourth. So that's why there's a whole uh, weird thing going on between So, here. So you've seen, uh, what was that with the, with the midget? I mean, with the little person. <laughs> that was um, Android of Notre Dame. No, no. What, what, which guinea pig? Was that five? Oh, five, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. And was it, all, all, of them. Was it all about that um, uh, little guy? Yeah, yeah, so he's like the main scientist in it that's performing the experiments, and and so he's in the whole film. So, yeah. so Mikey, the guinea pig, the guinea pig uh, series, which you said there's six, Amy. Yeah, who's making a doll? Is there one guy? Oh, I don't know. Is I've there one seen, guy right now? Yeah. No, I, I said earlier there was a bunch of there was like three or four different production companies. I think there were a bunch of different directors. These were all kind of like uh, yeah, each made by someone different, kind of. But I'm wondering how much these really made. These movies, Mike. Probably not much. Probably next to nothing. Yeah. I mean, they're it's they're underground in the states. They got to be underground in Japan. Mm. So the plot of Mermaid in a Manhole follows an artist who has become extreme uh, estranged from his wife. One day, while visiting the sewers beneath the streets of Okinawa, he encounters a mermaid that he had once met as a child. Upon noticing that she has boils growing on her body, the artist offers to help her and brings the mermaid home to his house to continue illustrating her. Over time, her illness gets worse, and she eventually begins suffering symptoms of a horrendous infestation. Unless countless worms of various sizes burst out of the boils on her body. Uh, by the way, he's like each of these boils are like making different colors and shit like that as they <laughs> pop, and he's like collecting the boils and using that to like paint her with her real colors. <sighs> and she's like popping them too. They're cutting into them. It's this is like one of the most disturbing ones in the whole entire series. So uh, on the verge of death, she begins uh, she to beg the artist to kill her, and uh, as he does, stabbing her to death and dismembering her body. So uh, later, the artist's two neighbors, who were intrigued by what the artist had been doing after one of them found a fish head in the trash, because uh, he basically keeps going out to like get her food, and that's like a big giant fish that he feeds her. What is with Japan and like mermaids and octopus? I don't know. Is it something in their like mythology, maybe? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But if you again, if you watch Doctor Pimple. Mm -hmm. There's people with stuff on their oh, bodies the like that. Oh, pimple popper! Oh my god! This, uh, this is this is That's one of the films that made me be like, <laughs> I mean, I, you know what? Oh, I do not like worms. No, you and know shit. what? It's it's funny. Sammy it's a said trend that. on YouTube. <sighs> it's funny. Sammy said that. Because I could watch uh, Doctor Pimple Pop, but when I when Sammy showed this slide here, man, hold that dude! I almost threw up. 
You're Ooh, talking man. about three-eyed monkeys. Like, there's Dude, all my three-eyed monkeys. There's, there's people with three-eyed things growing on their body on that show. Mm-hmm. i never seen a three-eyed person. I mean, just it looks like a separate head is. <laughs> did, did you, Mike? Did you ever see some of the shit she? I mean, she. Oh, yeah. There were. She's got a scale. She always has a scale, and this one guy had a twelve-pound tumor. Uh, was on his back. I don't know if it was on his back or on his neck. That sucker was as big as a football, yeah. man. But it's crazy how they remove it. Dude, she just cuts it off. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that, that, that I don't like those when they squeeze with both oh, of their hands yeah. and like a full tub of cottage cheese that's comes so out. Oh. <laughs> I'm saying that's like a trend on YouTube. Are these like pimple popping videos? I can't yeah, do it. But but so but Mike, the only reason why I brought that up is because again. Some underground I mean, people like seeing this. It's unfortunate this. for the people that have them. Yeah, it, it is. Some people like watching this shit, but it's okay for the for us so-called normal human beings to watch a series like that. Because I'm telling you, man, that series is so big on, on TV right now with her and some of the shit that I've seen her pull out. Oh, my God. Dude, I, and, and, and I feel bad for the people she can't help. Because there are yeah. so many people that have those... Um, Oh, what are they? Well, just things that are connected too close to like nerves. Well, 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 but not not only that, but it's all over them. Yeah, like from head oh. to toe. And she's she she told us one woman, and she just burst into tears. She goes, she did she she didn't even she didn't even try to help her. She goes, I'm sorry, I know what that is. I can't help you. Yeah. I can't oh. help you. And the, and a poor thing had to go. And it was kind of stuff like that on her. Mm-hmm. Dude, pretty rare. But when I mean when it comes along. You know, a, a doctor of her expertise like that. If she can't do it, that's yeah, that's yeah, bad. yeah. Oof. So, um, in Mermaid in a Manhole, the artist's two neighbors um eventually go to investigate because they like see weird stuff going on. Um, they come across the artist holding pieces of a woman while listlessly singing about her death. There's also a lifeless fetus laying in a pool of blood next to her body. So this is a fucked up thing. Yeah, this oh. is like one of the worst. This is almost worse than August Underground here. Like, just what they so like. Uh, it's just like a mess of blood and hair and guts and yeah. Like I said, they show a fetus at the end here. Ugh. Ugh. And he's just kind of gone mad. He's just like that sound you hear is just whack, whack. <laughs> he's just like kind of slowly. Yeah, That's not good at gross. this one at all. Now there's a little little baby for you, oh, a little fetus. Nasty. Yeah, this is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> but look at his little bald head. <laughs> you know what? How about a little, a little Hiam? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> there you go. Hiam oh, <laughs> fixes everything. Yeah. That's your little bit, little bit of cuteness for uh, after you just watched a baby been pulled from a woman. <laughs> All right, so um, when the local police take control of the scene and investigate, they find uh, instead that the dismembered body, being that of the mermaid, was instead of a human woman instead. The neighbors are interviewed, and everyone suspects that the artists have killed his wife, a statement which the investigation finds to be true. So hallucinating, the schizophrenic artist had murdered his wife, who had been suffering from stomach cancer. She was also pregnant, and now in prison, the artist sits maniacally murder muttering to himself about how he was sure he had killed the mermaid yet despite all the evidence against it a single scale was revealed to be found in the bathtub of the artist's house belonging to an unidentified species so it's kind of a little bit of a twist there is that a dead rat on the, on the florida sure yeah <laughs> either that or a umbilical cord no i think it's like a, a rat. Tail. look at the foot look at the foot there yeah wow yeah. gross disgusting 
All right, so moving on here to our last film. Um, Shock Corridor here was a cinema show broadcast on Serbian television, and its presenter, a man named Alexander Redovic, Jevic? I don't know how the fuck to say half of these names Rad- in this segment, Radio so Jevic. I apologize. Yeah. Radivo Jevic. His name was Jevic. His name was Nimrod. Nimrod. <laughs> Nimrod and <Antel. laughs> So, yeah, um, Alexander had become angry and disillusioned with the whole Serbian film scene. We felt we were uh, ignoring real filmmakers and instead saw bureaucratic, bureaucratic funding going to boring, pathetic, politically correct films done by people who didn't know the first thing about cinema. So we used this platform as the presenter of Shot Corridor to propose his ideas for a new director for Serbian films, encouraging homegrown filmmakers to be more gory, perverse, ultra-violent, and have more Takashi Miyake-like moments in their films. Miki. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I can't pronounce any of these fucking names. (laughs) So the result was a batch of provocative uh, pictures from that part of the world that were indeed taking notes from Shot Corridor, including titles such as The Life and Death of a Porno Gang, (laughs) Zone of the Dead, and the most notorious of all, a Serbian film, whose genesis stemmed from pure bloody mindlessness. So Alexander called for filmmakers to be more daring and provocative in the end, and he decided to practice what he preached and teamed up with the like-minded director... Sergeon Spazovic? Together they set up their symbolically titled production company, Contrafilm, and began launching their bloody crusade. So the plot of a Serbian film centers on Milos, uh, a retired porn star who agrees to make one last film with a mysterious artist named Vukmir uh, as a way to make money and support his family, but he has no idea of the true nature of the film's production. And what he does discover, what's going on, he has no chance of escape. So this is a near masterpiece of extreme cinema full of tragic ironies, uh, solid production values, well-developed characters, and is very well-directed. It's a film that uh, very much deserving of its notorious reputation as it goes places where very few films are willing to go. So permeating a dark and grim atmosphere throughout, the atrocities don't come at you straight away allowing the audience the opportunity to relax on occasion, but nonetheless, a Serbian film weaves a ghastly spell that is designed to unsettle viewers to the outset. I know, Sal, you said this disturbed you, right? It, it did, man. Every every yeah. uh, part of this movie, when, man. When this movie was getting its its reputation and uh, was getting all, all the hype, I bought it at a convention. I got a bootleg for like 25 bucks, and the guy that sold it to me called me a sick fuck. Just, just for buying it. I was like, all right, well, this ought to be good. So Give me my money back. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> I watched it once, and it was pretty fucked up and gross, and then I, I think I just gave it to a friend. I'm like, I don't even want this in my collection. Just take it. I'm sorry, man. This this film... Uh... <sighs> yeah, there's baby rape. You know, that, yeah. that's wrong, yeah, man. That's, that's, that's so wrong. Yeah. yeah. So as we said, the film follows Milos, a retired... Uh, semi-retired porn star who lives with his wife Maria and his six-year-old son Peter. Um, the bro- his brother Marco is a corrupt, corrupt police officer who envies Milos's life and is attracted to his wife Maria. Maria is curious about her husband's past and is concerned about the family's income. So Layla, a former co-star, offers Milos a starring role in an art film directed by an independent pornographer named Vikmer, who wishes to cast Milos for his powerful erection. So, not informed of the details of Vikmer's film, Miller is, Milos is hesitant to participate and to continue his career. 
but accepts this offer to secure his family's financial future. While meeting Vukmer, uh, Milos passes a bald man in his entourage regarding them warily. And around 40 minutes into the film is when things get weird. Um, around 10 minutes later, it gets totally sick. So there are at least three scenes here that are very shocking, graphic, uh, utterly disturbing, causing no end of trouble with fans, critics, and censors around the world. Although the element of surprise is vital to the importance of the over-effect of the film, we, of course, are going to spoil it. We talk about everything here. Yep. <laughs> so uh, shooting begins at an orphanage where uh, Vikmer feeds Milos instructions through an earpiece while a film crew follows him. Uh, Milos sees a young girl named Jekka who is being scolded by her mother for disgracing her deceased war hero husband's memory by becoming a prostitute. I think they say she's like 12 years old, right? So Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Cause that's okay. the one. That, that's the one. Um, um, she had like a little schoolgirl after. Yeah, yeah. On. yeah. She looked real young. Yeah, she. Whew, man, yeah. I, I'll tell you. I got. I, I'm sorry, Sammy. This is the only film that I'm telling you two guys that if somebody on the outside, a cousin, a neighbor, a friend, and said, uh, "Sal, we love you guys. This podcast, but what's what's one movie that just you can't even." tell anybody about that you've seen or want to talk about i would say with this one because you know somebody's gonna say hey mikey what was it about dude i can't i can't i can't there's no way even a family member you don't tell them and you don't yeah, recommend if, it if, if, they, if a family member is like my daughter-in-law or, or my son's girlfriend or, or my wife said okay sal we've had enough of this but we gotta know What's the worst film you ever said? I'd say, I would tell I'd say him, you don't need to know. Yeah, I, I would. T- I, I, I actually would tell them the name, and I would never discuss with any yeah. of them. Watch uh, with caution. Yeah, what 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 would happen? Watch with extreme yeah. caution. Yeah. So we're gonna get into some darkness here. Um, in a dark room, a screen showed Jekka, the twelve-year-old girl, uh, seductively eating an ice cream pop uh, mm-hmm. while Milos is filleted by a nurse. Then Milos is instructed to receive it from the mother while the young girl watches. Uh, Milos refuses, but is forced to continue. Um, Marco, which is uh, his brother, later informs him that Vukmer is a former psychologist who has worked in children's television and state security. Kind of like a, uh, what was that dude's fucking name in, uh, out of England? Uh, oh, he had like a child show? God damn it, I can't remember it. Oh, we'll have to add that in later, but it was a real creepy thing. Like in the, this dude was like a big like child's. Uh, he was even like knighted by the queen and stuff. But yeah, he was a deep into like a big child ring, and they think he was even making snuff films. And Are stuff. you serious? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, well, I know it. I know this has nothing to do with this uh, our podcast, but I remember uh, just a couple of years ago they were saying, Sammy, you wouldn't remember, Mikey, you might not remember. Do you remember Mr. Ned from uh, Bozo Circus? Mr. Ned? Yeah, the guy that played Mr. Ned and uh, Fraser Thomas. Uh, Jimmy Seville. Have you ever heard of him? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, he was a wrestler, uh, actually. I think for a little while, yeah, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he was, yeah, very creepy looking guy. Yeah, yeah. very creepy looking Well, Well, Sammy, the, the, this this uh, Fraser Thomas uh, and, and Mr. And, and, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, not Fraser Thomas. Uh, he was playing Mr. Ned on Bozo Circus. And obviously, it's a children's show, mm-hmm. number one. And children, ninety percent the audience. Yeah. And they found out later when he got let go, he hated kids, <laughs> hated them. And that reminded me of this man. It's just, it's, I'll tell you, what, there's some weird motherfuckers out there, dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How so, could you hate the innocence of a child? I don't know. 
Mm. Takes a special kind of asshole. Dude, that's for sure. Dude. So uh, Vukmir meets a hesitant Milos afterwards to explain his, arti- his artistic style, showing a film of a young woman giving birth to a newborn, which is immediately raped by a man named oh, Rasa, who gross. is Vukmir's driver, in what the director terms newborn porn. No. Ugh. <laughs> that, 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 that is a fucked up, disgusting it's scene CGI, right there. It's CGI. Yeah. Did, they, did that affect your heart, Mike? Yeah. Like were, I said, you, were you I, ready to turn it off? I, I'm a completist. I watched yeah. the whole thing. What about you, Sammy? Didn't make me feel good, but I, I, I mean, I didn't want to f- turn it off. I, I, I watched the rest. You know of what? It. I mean, uh, it takes a lot to really, truly like make me want to turn something off. Yeah, I don't they, know. They, they, I'll tell you I, what. I, I've turned movies off only because they're just absolute yeah, shit. Like yeah. uh, this new Matrix. I that made it 20 bad. minutes. Yeah. After 20 minutes, I turned it off. I have yeah. no desire to go back and watch it. Still it, it took me five nights to watch that because uh, I kept watching it twenty minutes, falling asleep. <laughs> watching it twenty minutes, falling asleep. Yeah, when you told me that. But but you know you know what you know what's fucked up with me, Mikey. Mm. What pissed me? I'm sorry. You know what pissed me off? Do you think if uh, sorry to cut you off, Keanu Reeves saw this newborn point of it? Whoa! <laughs> Turn this off. You know what pissed me off more than food. more 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 than what happened to that baby after he came out of that lady is when the director. Uh, had showed uh, me all that and and said newborn porn, newborn porn. That pissed me off. I wanted to kill that motherfucker right there. Like I said, yeah. folks, don't don't go out and watch these. I yeah, mean, do if, not. If you, I mean, do not I, I don't these. recommend any of these. To very you. graphic. Mm-hmm. Very. We graphic. will do the suffering for you, and we'll yeah. watch them. We'll, we'll be the warn. We're your warning. Yeah. Do not watch this film. Totally. So uh, Milo storms out and drives away, and at a road junction, he is approached and seduced by Vikmir's femur doctor. And when a bloodied Milos uh, wakes up in his bed sometime later with no memory of what has happened, he returns to the now-abandoned set and finds a number of videotapes. Viewing them, Milos discovers that he was drugged to induce an aggressive, sexually aroused, and suggestible state. What did they shoot him up with? It says like it was horse uh, testosterone yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. They said actually it would even kill a horse. Yeah. So that's why they had to hire that woman, mm-hmm. and she knew how much to give him. So when he was in the forest with all those little tapes and checking it out, man, he was messed up. I mean, he did such a good um, um, acting job of of that he was so high. I felt it. I felt it from him, man. This is probably the best acted movie in the entire list, though. Everybody (laughs) is very believable. It's probably the biggest production. But didn't they? But didn't they make him? I don't remember Sammy. Did that little girl? Did 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 he finally have sex with her or beat the shit out of her? Um, no. He 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 jumps out of the window before he like he he, that's what he he, like because he realizes she's a child. Remember he like he snaps out of it for a minute and he jumps out of like a second story window. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he knows he's not supposed to be doing it. Right. But um, this next one is fucked up. At uh, at Vikmir's manipulative direction, manipulative direction. I'm sorry. Uh, Milos beats and rapes Jekka's mother. That's the young girl's mother, who is chained on all fours to a bare bed before decapping, decapitating her to induce rigor mortis. This is the most fucked up scene there is. He's like beating on her back. Someone gives the guy a machete. This is the probably most accurate depiction of a snuff film we could see on this whole thing. That's terrifying. Jesus. And it's really good special effects here it too. Is. Like when they happen, they show him like slicing into this woman's head and very graphic. And he's still having sex with it. That's what kills me. Yeah, that's gross. Because he's on that horse testosterone. Ugh. 
that's what fucks me up is like when the guy like has to put his foot on the woman's ass and like push her off of him. Yeah. Ah, very disgusting. And I again, for our listeners, do not watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we get another break here. Check out some high up. Yeah. An awesome drum solo. Check out three chicks doing a sweet solo. Hey, Alana. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's fun. We get to see murder and rape, but then you get a little bit of. Hi, <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. This is from a cool video he directed uh, called Valentine, where they do like three or four different songs, but it's all live. Yeah, if you get the Man. chance, folks, look, check out Licorice Pizza. How, how old the- are these girls, Mike? Probably twenty something. Yeah, late late twenty. The name, the name of the film has absolutely nothing to do with the film. Yeah, but I seen it. I seen I seen that 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 you know I didn't watch it. Was it good? Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it's kind of a weird ending, but it's it's a cute little love story. Mm. I might get to that tonight after I edit this episode. Maybe watch that one. Check out a new one. I need a break from some of these yeah. goddamn snuff films. Oh, it's it's no Serbian <laughs> film. It's, it's no, no August Underground. So uh, later, uh, Catatonic Milos is sodomized by Vikmer's security. He then watches footage of Layla voicing concerns for Milos, only to be restrained and have her teeth removed. A masked man then enters the room and forces his penis down her throat to kill her by suffocation. He like holds her nose closed. and uh, yeah. It's another fucked up that scene. That was brutal. Yeah. That was brutal. So uh, the footage continues as Milos is led to Jekka's home where an elderly woman praises him, f- praises him for killing her mother and offers Jekka as a virgin commune. Milos refuses and escapes through a window to an alleyway. That's why I said he jumps through there mm-hmm. uh, where he watches a girl pass by. He begins masturbating and is assaulted by a group of thugs before they are killed by Rasa, the guy who fucked the baby. Um, he also then takes Milos back to a warehouse with Vikmer. And at the warehouse, uh, Vikmer's doctor administers more drugs, after which Milos overpowers her, sticking the syringe into her throat. He then is taken into a room to have intercourse with two hidden bodies under a sheet. Milos is guided onto one body, and the masked man from Layla's movie enters and begins raping the, the other. So Milos doesn't notice that his victim is bleeding profusely from the rectum, and Vikmer then reveals that the ma- uh, to the, the masked man to be Marco, who is uh, Milos's brother, and his victim to be Maria, and finally that Milos is raping Peter, his oh, own son. Jesus Christ! Yeah. So an enraged Milos then lunges at Vikmer and smashes his head against a floor, initiating a brawl in which uh, Maria bludgeons Marco to death with a heavy sculpture. And a dying Vikmer praises Milos's actions as truly worthy a film as Milos wrestles a gun from the guard and shoots all but the one-eyed Rasa, whom he kills by shoving his erect penis into his empty eye socket. That is a fucked up nasty. part right there. Nasty, nasty, nasty. And that's uh, that's when you get a shot of his powerful erection. Ugh. This guy's got to have a 15-inch dick. I can't look. raging. I cannot look. <laughs> I can't look. Yeah, that part is fucked up. <laughs> He's just covered in blood. They show him full frontal this dick. It's like Mark Hoppus or Mark uh, Mark Hoppus from Blink One Eighty Two. It's like Mark. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Hey, you Wahlburgers, Marky Wahlburgers Mark Wahlberg, at the end of Boogie Nights. Yeah. <laughs> Dirk Diggler. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, they got diddled. 
So uh, Milos, having recalled his actions, including locking his wife and son in their basement before passing out earlier, returns home to find them. He and his wife come to a mutual understanding that he, his wife, and their son should die together. So the three gather in bed and embrace before Milos fires a fatal shot through himself, Peter, and Maria. Sometime later, a new film crew, including the bald man from earlier, uh, enters the bedroom. He unzips his fly as the director advises uh, one of these guys to, quote-unquote, start with the little one. Jesus. So even at the end of this movie, it's just completely ugh, disgusting and bleak. They're about to, he's about to have sex with a bunch of little dead kids here. Not good. I mean, I don't even... Yeah, I wouldn't even really consider it a horror movie. No, it's just brutal. That's all it is. I don't even know what to say. This film has been banned in at least 46 countries. It is the first and only film to date to receive a R20 plus rating in Japan. I'm I'm guessing that means you got to be 20 years old to get involved with that. Probably. Uh, The film also was banned in Norway for sexual representation of children and extreme violence in its fictional medium. It is one of the few films banned in the country since Ichi the Killer and Grotesque. So um, the director of this movie also states that the film uh, states of this film that it's a struggle against all corrupt authority that govern over our lives for their purposes. The power of leaders who hypnotize you to do things you don't want to do. That's the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard. Dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he made you, this because he just you, wanted a brutal movie. That's yeah, it. you made that movie for a reason to yeah. fucking because you're sick. <laughs> and uh, I mean, yeah. I, there's no yeah. You could probably have a meaning you're, behind you, you all the violence. You could kind of have a message, but it's also kind of brutal. Just blame the, the government. For being brutal. You're gonna blame the cover the government for baby fucking? I don't think so. Mm. I mean, yeah. maybe there's some crazy shit going on with. <laughs> what does the government have to do with a guy's taking his dick into a guy's eyeball? That's how uh, inflation. Don't has even been try it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even try and explain it. I ain't seen shit. <laughs> right. I ain't seen shit. <laughs> There's no explanation for that, dude. This, nope. this film was just wrong. Yeah. Final thoughts on a Serbian film? Any? Yuck. <laughs> I gotta say, it's the it's the. I don't care what any of these guys say. I don't care about these guinea pig movie. This is the most brutal movie ever, a film I've ever seen. That's why we saved the best for last. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. the decades have failed to stop the impact of the Alan Shackleton snuff tagline pledge of filmed in America where life is cheap. If anything, the tagline is greater vibrancy today thanks to Mexican drug cartels, death videos, and the seemingly bottomless wish fulfillment fantasy of the media. So the truth be told, South America is only a euphemism for a neo-geographical location confined to nowhere specific other than the place where bad things happen. And Snuff is the ultimate debased, by the way, a monster that must exist because it cannot be proven to not exist. And as a monster, it must be slain. It is exploited in the fights against Satan, pornography, the video nasties, and whatever other societal bugbear just happens to be topical. It is also a manipulative tool for bureaucrats seeking publicity and for those fundraising bodies rallying for a secular cause. Um, it is also what the public must fear and what these bodies pledge to protect the public from. So if you like this whole thing on uh, snuff films, there's plenty more. I know, like Man Bites Dog, we didn't really get into. That's I've seen a good that one. Once. Yeah, never French, seen it. French film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like a, it's like a mockumentary. Yeah, they kind of follow a serial killer as he's uh, going. It's kind of like the serious version of uh, Leslie Vernon. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Behind the mask. Behind the mask. Yeah. So if you you know you want to read a little more about this, like we said, we used uh, like Killing for Culture uh, by David Kareckis and David Slater. It's a great book. Check that out if you want to read a little more about snuff. They got a lot about like internet stuff on here too. You know, like the rise of like ISIS and stuff like that, and um, just internet death videos is some fucked up shit yeah so that's uh yeah our snuff series yeah watch that's with caution for you. yeah i wouldn't watch them at all can man. you play some more heim for us please i probably yeah i could stick some here probably <laughs> somewhere let's just make everything better with some heim please heim heim oh folks thanks for listening and now you're gonna go in your bathtub and like shake and like put hot water all over you to get the sin washed off of you and scrub hard because these movies will make you want to go. <laughs> but thanks for listening on Spotify, subscribing and streaming on uh, Spotify, iTunes. Like us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Get on the Facebook. We want to see your funny posts on there. You can make fun of me, Sal, Sam. You know, let's have a good time on Facebook. So, uh, what do we got coming up? Some future ideas for shows? Maybe something about a. Uh, Horror film posters and trailers. Yes. Yeah, and do uh, that. maybe some uh, cool ghost stories. Yeah, Sammy. Sammy's idea. Ghost yeah, stories. Mike, uh, you said you're going to be on the Ghostly podcast. Yes, I will. So we're gonna I maybe, will be. Uh, maybe when we'll, is that, Maybe Mikey? we'll focus uh, like April. It'll be kind of a ghost yeah. month or something like that. I will like be that. appearing on Ghostly Podcast uh, in April, maybe late April, early May. And uh, go on. Again, they're on all those platforms too. Ghostly Podcast with Pat and Rebecca. Very entertaining stuff. So look for that. Um, but we got plenty of ideas this year. We're going to get busy with work, so if episodes come out a little late, they're going to be spaced out. It's just according to our schedule, so uh, apologies in advance, but we'll do our best to to keep dishing out more hara. Yeah, this is kind of March Madness right now. We're going right. March Madness, March Madness. <laughs> we are going mad. So thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. Dick White Tip signing off. I, f- I forget. Oh, uh. Morocco the Mole. <laughs> Morocco Mole says Morocco. peace and excellent little grease. Morocco the Mole, El Cabong. Morocco did, you, did you have a name for the first episode? No, I didn't. Yeah. Yo soy Miguelito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all right. Sayonara. Later.